Dad Talk Tuesday is here. Talk and I will talk back. I love it. I love it when you get me fired up this morning. Um, Gotta love it. It's a great day to have a great day. Uh, Much love to everybody. Um, We're here to get it going. Bright and early. 6 a.m. on the West Coast. You know how I do it. Here it is. I want to read you a DM I just got. Literally three minutes ago. Here it is, all right? From a female, Rebecca Rose. Here we go. Rebecca Rose. It was so hard to watch you yell and swear and cuss and pretty much verbally attack those kids on Last Chance You. I never message people like this, but I just hope you really do some reflection and honestly find the Lord. He will forgive everything and lead you down the most amazing path. If you ever trust him, God bless you from Canada. Oh, here we go. So, of course, here's my response. All right. If you like me, girl, and just want to holler at me, just say so. It's okay. If they were so abused, why didn't they transfer out? Why did I get the best players to transfer in for 20 plus years? Why do I still support my guys? See, you soft pussies in the world are the issue. You think everyone needs to be coddled when tough love is reality and you just can't handle that reality. It takes a real idiot to DM someone when they have never met them and accuse them of things on an edited show. It shows how ignorant you are, and it's sad. So good luck to you and the Lord, Coach JB. I had to start you off with that, that this morning. That was real. That happened, by the way. That was a DM that I got right there. <laughs> it blows my mind how people will DM someone they've never met And straight accuse them of shit. (laughs) Man, unbelievable. It really is. It's unfucking believable. But good luck. Good luck. Um, Let me see here. I thought I got this video. Damn it. I forgot something. Um, But here, we're on that Talk That Talk Tuesday, man. Much love to everybody. James Harden came out looking like the fucking cookie monster. Drops 45 points. Here's the thing about James Harden before we get going. Um, He went to my high school. I am ashamed of this motherfucker. Why, James Harden? Why do you have to dress like the cookie monster? So former players of mine that are in the NFL right now, they were commenting like, Hills ain't it, my boy. (laughs) That motherfucker was wearing heels underneath the Cookie Monster outfit and goes out and drops 45. So, like, fuck it. What what are you going to do? Here's the thing. It's like the QB. It's like quarterbacking, all right? Allen can attest. If he don't make the blitzing team pay for blitzing him all night, by replacing the blitzer, making the guy, and scoring touchdowns, they're going to blitz him all night. The Celtics didn't make 
fucking heart and pay for wearing that fucking clown suit. And if he's going to continue to drop 45, I don't even want to know what he's going to roll into the arena tomorrow night in. He's going to wear some crazier, even crazier shit. But that's what the world is now. And James is older, too, now. I'm like, damn, still rocking Cookie Monster shit. Um, People say, no, you went to his school, coach. I go, no, motherfucker. He went to my school, bitch. (laughs) Don't get it fucking twisted. Please don't don't get it twisted. Um, Whole question I got is going to be a good one. It's going to be a pitcher. So you guys got to vote on the pitcher in the poll question and give me a yes or no. Um, we got a lot to dive into on that talk that this talk that talk Tuesday. First of all, the show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code believe B L E A V. Get you 20% off, uh, plus free or sorry, get 50% off and um welcome bonus as a first time free deposit. So make sure you head on over to Bet Online. You got the NBA, the Major League Baseball, you got XFL playoffs finals, the championship is in full swing. I question the XFL why they only had four teams in the playoffs. I know there's only eight teams, but I thought you should have just put everybody in the playoffs. Why not? It's not, not like you got f- fucking 32 teams. You guys give everyone a fucking trophy nowadays in sports. Anyway, head on over to Believe and BetOnline.ag and use the promo code Believe. Also, CanadipCBD.com. As you all know, Canadips, the cleanest way to dip there is. CanadipCBD.com. Go get you some Northern Lights, Pineapple Express, uh, some of this peach cobbler. Go on over there. CanadipCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB, all caps. 20% off plus free shipping. Go over there and buy you some cleanest, the cleanest way to dip there is. CanadipCBD.com. Uh, quote of the day. Let's get you started. We got a lot to dive into. Got me hot. Um, Forgive, but never forget what's been said and done. Quote of the day. Forgive, but don't ever forget what's been said and done. That's how I am. I forgive you, but that don't mean I'm going to kick it with you. That don't mean I'm cool with you. That don't mean I forgot what's been said and done. I'm just telling you. Hey, loyalty is like broken glass, dog. It can never be put back together. <laughs> That's like trust. I'll never trust another motherfucker once you fuck me one time. It only takes once. Uh, contrary to belief, brought to you by CandidateCBD.com. Things money can't buy. I wanted to give you this contrary to belief. Manners. Can't buy manners. Morals. Respect. Character. Common fucking sense. Trust. Patience, class, integrity, love. I'd probably add 11 thing, and I would probably say humility. We have no humility anymore in this world. I'm just telling you straight out. We have no humility. But those 10 things are money. Just Money just can't buy those 10 things. I don't care what you do. You ain't taking the shit with you on a U-Haul. When you fucking leave this green earth, E-R-F, earth, and... uh you better start figuring it out. These are things money can't buy. If we started to fucking treat people like this, like we once did, maybe the world wouldn't be so fucked up. But it is what it is. Um, fun fact. On this day, 2011, 
Osama bin Laden was killed by apparently Robert J. O'Neill. Um, I've heard that there was multiple people that killed him. I've heard that it was one person. I've heard, who really knows? Even motherfuckers even dead. <laughs> but all I know is, fun fact, on this day, May 2nd, 2011, Osama bin Laden was apparently killed. So, just going to throw that fun fact out there. Um, all right. I do have a trivia question today. Make sure you guys call in. If you're members, if you're not a member, become a member. That's how you get to call in live. We're going to start doing live show calls, and you can talk to the guests as well as myself. We're going to start doing that starting tomorrow every single day. But I will do that today with the regular members. Call in today if you want to get this hoodie or this T-shirt. I got a on this day in sports history. We'll ask Steve Kim as well. Uh, Matt McChesney may drop in, might drop in too. Uh, but uh, we do have a uh, on this day in sports history trivia question for you today. All right, poll question. All right, here it is. The poll question for the audio side is um, a picture that I'm going to show the audience here. I want you guys to really take a look and understand this. The question is, do you believe this picture? All right, audio side. The picture is... The best team in this particular player, player's era. So the picture reads, best team in Michael Jordan's era, and it was Michael Jordan. The best team in Kobe's era, and it was the Lakers, right? It was the Bulls in Jordan's era. It was the Lakers in Kobe's era. The best team in LeBron's era is the fucking Golden State Warriors. Not LeBron's team. Cleveland, Miami, Lakers. No, it's Steph Curry's Golden State Warriors are the best team in LeBron James's fucking era. Yes or no? That's the poll question. Do you believe in this picture or not? Drop your comments below. Uh, woo, everybody's saying, yeah. Where's Brian Martinez at? B-Mart, where's your motherfucking ass at? Let me see what you got to say on this shit. Show me I'm wrong. I can't wait. B. Martinez will be back. Uh, yeah, everybody's agreeing. That's shocking. So are you all the same people that agree but then say LeBron's the GOAT? <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Come on. Come on, man. Keep it funky. Come on now. You got to keep it real all the time. B-Mart ain't up yet, dog. B-Mart don't get up, dog. He's smoking weed all goddamn day reading my third book. His ass ain't up. Um, oh, man. You guys are comical. Um, shout out to Pat McAfee. McAfee. I don't know why I said his last name twice. But Pat McAfee's birthday today, May 2nd. Uh, shout out to Pat uh, and the boys today. Uh, Pat's birthday. Uh, shout out to him. Um, but going back to the Cookie Monster, James Harden, you have to make him pay for wearing that outfit because if you don't, they're, they're going to continue to blitz you like the quarterback that don't make the defense pay. If you don't hit the hot throw or if you don't make the side adjust, then guess what? They're going to fucking blitz you all night long. So you got to make the defense pay for blitzing you. Well, James Harden, you Celtics, you have to make him pay. 
I'm officially off the Celtics bandwagon. Please take me off. I don't want anything to do with them. First of all, I'm a Laker fan, but here's the thing about it. I like good teams. I like gritty teams. Their coach, you know, tries to have the the Popovich uh, persona, which is comical to me. I, I laugh every time I see this young fucking kid interview. He acts like he's just so fucking hard and fucking sitting there like, you know. So, coach, what can you do? Score. Like, he's he's trying to be Popovich so bad that it's comical. I can't wait to record his ass the next time they they fucking interview his ass. And his team goes out and plays like straight bitches. (laughs) Hey, dog. I'm just going to be honest. Um, Shouldn't the team play like you if that's how you're going to fucking interview? I'm confused. The Celtics have absolutely zero killer in them. They're fucking soft. My boy Josh Fele, West Coast pioneer, it loves the Celtics. I'm so ashamed of my ooze. Oh, my God. He left the, the L.A. band. He left the L.A. West Siders to go back east to the Celtics and the Four Leaf Clovers. Oh, my Oos. How many Usos like the Celtics? You got to be the only one, Oos. <laughs> hey, each his own. I respect people that like their own shit. Here's the thing. Celtics got no killer. They got no dog in them. There is absolutely zero way that you should lose your first game at home and they don't have Joel Embiid. They don't have Joel Embiid. There's no way in the world that James Harden alone, with Tyree Maxey hitting a few shots here and there, should beat you. There's no way. No way. I think Jalen Brown's underused. I think that they got to use a little bit more. Uh, and I'm, not, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I know, no, I know a little, sm- little sports. You know, I know a little sports. Um, I don't know, man. This Celtics team has no killer in them. I'm just going to be honest. I think they play Brogdon and White too much on the court together, or they should they should, they should should marry that up a little bit more with Jalen Brown. They give, give, give fucking Tatum a rest when those three are on the court. I don't know, but I'm not a coach. Um, but the coach for the Celtics is starting to irk me because be yourself, homie. Don't act like fucking Popovich. Fucking like you're the God's gift. Motherfucker, it's your first fucking head job. You got it by default because your former boss was fucking everybody in the front office. Maybe he fucked you. <laughs> God damn. Um, I love Jalen Brown, Drico. But if you ever say he's better than Jason Tatum... Um, I will slap you with meat. <laughs> God damn. Come on, man. It's not even close. The Nuggets go up 2-0. Uh, the Suns. Oh, I can't wait to get into CP2. I can't wait to get into it. I hope Steve Kim calls in. We can talk about the best point guards of all time. And, and, and I'm so fucking sick and tired of hearing about Chris Paul as a top five point guard. How many years have I been telling you that he's not? How many years? Do I not come on this show every single year and discuss how much of a fucking choke job, choke artist, 
that CP2 is? Do I not come on this show as much as humanly possible and talk about how CP2 is a complete fucking bust and how he is the most overhyped point guard of all time? What has he won? What has he done? Is he not always hurt in a meaningful game? He don't play game seven versus Golden State. They were up 3-1. They choked that off. He don't play meaningful games in the finals versus the Bucs. He misses games in the playoffs. Last year, he misses games in the playoffs. Now he's out with a groin. It's like, come on, man. Dog, I don't care what you say. Coach, you can't avoid that. Guess what? You either are or you're not, dog. (laughs) I'm sorry. You are or you're not. Period. He ain't. He ain't it. He ain't it. CP2 is CP2 for a reason. Candace Parker is CP3. I'm, t- I'm going to live and die by that. Uh, Kevin Durant does not look good in that uniform. He does not fit that roster. That roster doesn't fit him. He is relying on Devin Booker to be the Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors that he was once on when they won two championships or whatever. Here's the thing. I said it when I, when he went there, he's going to be the reason the Suns get beat. He's going to be the reason because he just does not fit that roster at all. You gave up Mikel. I believe the Suns were better without KD. I'm just going to be real. Um, I believe they gave up some great pieces off that bench. Booker's lighting everybody up anyway right now. Aiton's playing really, really good. And you have KD who's just out here shooting around and taking away shots and taking away bench players' minutes. And your bench now is horrible. And the Nuggets bench is killing you on the glass. Hustle. They're out hustling you. They have more depth than you. And you are relying on your starters. And now CP2 is out. He's hurt. You guys have problems. And I love it. I'm here for it with a bag of popcorn, some yak, and a stick. And I'm watching it like a motherfucker. I love to see bitch-made cats implode. That's just real talk. I love watching bitch-made cats implode. I really do. I love the motherfucker who is such a soft pussy that he has to chase championships, chase rings, and goes from team to team to team. What's he ever done by himself? I want to know what KD's ever done. Charles Barkley is a 1,000% on point with Shaq. There are bus drivers and bus riders. That motherfucker is a bus rider. Let's God, let's not get it twisted. CP2 is a bus rider. Tatum is a bus rider. Jalen Brown is a bus rider. These motherfuckers are bus riders, and you motherfuckers envy the fucking Cookie Monster fucking outfits they wear it blows my fucking mind 
You wonder why our kids are fucked up. Um, we got a lot of shit going on today, man. That I just, I just can't grasp. I really, I can't grasp it. Um, what is this? Wow. I mean, who? Wait, so who made it? Wow. Wow. Okay, so something a little different. So, what was your inspiration for tonight? Be honest with me and go into detail. Wow. 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 So, what are you excited to see in there today? Wow. Is it your first Matt? Wow. I'll see you in there. Wow. Dog, these motherfuckers are all fucked up. These motherfuckers are fucked up, homie. You guys envy these motherfuckers. This shit is unbelievable to me. Why? I'm just tripping. Why? Why do we got to wear that shit? I just, I'm tripping on, do you not notice a fucking pattern around this motherfucker? Do we not notice a pattern around this motherfucker? Like, what are we doing? Like, it's not even funny no more. Because these little babies out here getting fucking groomed for this shit. Like, I'm serious. What the fuck is that? <laughs> People on the audio side, I can't break down everything I'm showing. You got to come on over on YouTube and watch it right now because it's, it's, it's killing me. Brittany Griner in a full-on man suit with no titties. And his chest is clearly showing um, his tattoos. His chest is clearly showing his tattoos. Um, Brittany Griner's chest is clearly showing his tattoos. No titties whatsoever. I, I don't understand what's going on. Um, I mean, I can just keep showing you pictures. Look at the feet on this motherfucker. <laughs> look, look at the feet on that motherfucker. And you want... Fucking, what's her name to win? What's the girl that's advocating the, the Kentucky swimmer, the the blonde girl, um, Gaines or whatever? Dog, you want her to beat Flipper, the fucking dolphin, in a race? <laughs> Are you shitting me? Look at her fucking feet hang off the side of the pool. Leah Thomas has fucking a size 15 shoe and you want the biological natural born woman to beat this guy what come on are you shitting me real shit dog reese Gaines has no shot that's like a hey, reese come in here and arm wrestle me right fucking now I'm going to break Reese Gaines' fucking forearm in pieces. But people don't want to admit that. They don't want to admit it. Like, let's put, let's just put any male. Let's put me. Let's put me in a fucking dark room with Lucy, okay? No weird shit here. Lucy's my girl. And here it is. You got fucking Five minutes. Only one of you can walk out alive. 
Who do you think's coming out of the fucking thing alive? I mean, I'm just being honest. There's a mindset in this thing. The woman, by nature, Lucy, by nature, doesn't want to kill nobody. She's not going to try to kill me with her bare hands. A man has it in him. I'm, I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to walk out of this fucking room. And uh, if I, that is what it is to live, then I'm going to, unfortunately, have to kill Lucy. <laughs> but it's not even in a woman's nature. Let's just keep it funky. Let's be honest. Let's keep it 100 like y'all say. There ain't even a fucking decision. There's not even a fact. It's not even a, uh, I mean, a question. It's all fact. It's not even in a woman's DNA to be that way. Yeah, sure, we've had crazy women that have killed people and done these things. But, dog, we're not even talking about just the mindset of a man versus a woman. And you want women to go out and beat them in a fucking competitive fucking event? Like wrestling and swimming and basketball? and Dog, I get it. This dude right here can hoop. But, damn. I mean, let's put him in the NBA. Let's put him in the NBA. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> let's put him with this motherfucker so they can both look like fucking clowns. Um, oh, man, dog. I, I just don't understand. I don't get it. I really don't get it, dog. Um. Joseph took Lucy on bet online. Yeah, no shit. We could bet it online. It just, it, 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 but you guys get what I'm saying. I hope it, there's a mental mindset that we're not even discussing. We're not, we're, we're not, even, we're only, we're not talking about the biological DNA, the makeup, the biomechanics, just completely being on a different spectrum. We're talking about the mental makeup of it. Like men are hunters. Women are not. They are the seat. By the seekers, which are men. By nature. Period. I don't give a fuck what you say. But, again, we don't even want to discuss that shit. We don't even want to fucking discuss that shit. Um, shout out, Ash. Shout out to you. Old Gen Xer, 1974. Retired U.S. Air Force, 23 years. Shout out to you, man. My brother's still in. He's been in since 86, brother. So he's been in a while. He is uh, now a former fighter pilot, retired. Not retired, but he has uh, not. he's now moved into the pharmaceutical side of things. So trust me, I've heard a few stories about COVID. Um, I appreciate your service, brother. Uh, have you guys heard Brittany Griner's voice? It's unbelievable. And it's deep. It's fucking deep. Let me ask you this. Another a new poll question. What do you guys think this is? <laughs> I can't even laugh no more, dog. I can't even look at it without laughing. Oh. What is this, Lucy? Chris, are you in here yet? Bree, can I get a can I get a what is this? Can I please get a what is this? Shout out to Alan. Alan sent me this. Um, I almost peed my pants when I saw it. What is that? Um, 
Jamil Ridley said, that's a girl, bro. She just built wild. Get the fuck out of here. That, do you see the girl in front and then you see that thing? First of all, women's legs aren't built that way, bro. Women's legs aren't built that way. <laughs> their asses aren't built that way. They don't sit on their fucking head. Ladies have sacrums. Can we get into like some fucking biomechanics here? Can we get into some uh, kinesiology here? So, you know, women, what do women have? Do you guys know? They have a, a thing that is a little bit wider than us. Why do you think women have hips? Do you guys know why women have hips? Oh, it's because they give birth. Oh, they have to have wider hips, right? To birth a child. I don't know if you knew that or not. Does that motherfucker look like he's got hips to you compared to a woman? Now, he's throwing around a very little woman, by the way. So obviously. But you see her hips up there? See her hips kind of fall down a little bit? Because she actually has to have a birth canal. Do you see the birth canal on this motherfucker? Do you see the birth canal on that? <laughs> I got to stop showing shit like that, though. It fucking blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. People don't understand there's, 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 there's just different. I, I, it's, uh, dude, I don't even want to get into it. I'm tired of seeing these made-up humans talk about it. You don't have to have uh uterus to have a period you can have small intestines in your intestines and if you don't feed them long enough then they start cramping and it's the same thing as a woman having a uterus <laughs> i said what what the fuck did i just hear uh dog oh shit man it's it's fucking hard dog it is hard to do and watch and see the men in this world becoming pussified. Men letting their woman pump their gas. Like, I'd be goddamned to let a woman pump gas. Like, what the fuck are we doing? But that is the pussification of America. We are feminine. You are in the car while your girl is out pumping gas because you're fucking feminine. <sighs> Got a, little, a couple more things to start to show off with. Uh, I think we're in serious problem. I think we have a serious problem. And I don't know if you saw Morgan Stanley bought up another bank yesterday, but I think we have a serious problem. Take a listen. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen released a letter to Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy and other congressional leaders from both parties in which she says the Treasury's debt limit measures, the special counting maneuvers it's been using, uh, may be exhausted by June 1st. That would be the infamous X date. So once again, Janet Yellen saying that the debt limit measures may be exhausted by June 1st, after which point the Treasury has run out of cash and could potentially start defaulting, potentially, on some of its obligations. Uh, this is in a letter that that Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, sent to Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House. She did repeat her call for Congress to raise the debt limit as a result. Uh, of course, we want to get some more context from uh, all of this and check in with Kelly Lines, who is in Washington for us. Uh, Kelly, what, what do we know about the start of June as opposed to what the market thinks the uh, start date would be? 
Well, it's a really good question because market strategists have been looking at the tax receipts, which have been running well below 2022 levels and saying that there is a risk of the X date being in June rather than later in the summer, the July or August period. And indeed, that does seem what Janet Yellen is suggesting here. She says after reviewing those receipts, the Treasury's best estimate is that they will be unable to satisfy the government's obligations by early June. And then, as you said, potentially as early as June 1st. The reason why the first half of June is important is that a new uh, round of tax payments comes into the Treasury on June 15th. The bottom line is we can give Ukraine billions and we can starve our own out. I guess that's what we're talking about. Um, Dante S. He asked if this is a sports show or politics. Are you in this show or not? <laughs> like, what are we doing here, dog? Like, I love the dick writers who always got a comment. Nobody cares about your comment, Dante's. Whatever the fuck your name is. God damn, do you not understand? Come be the producer then, bitch boy. Since you want to talk so motherfucking much, come on over and be this fucking producer. Fucking pussy. Guess what it is? It's whatever the fuck I make it. How about that? And guess what? You're here. And guess what? I'm going to take the money that you've paid me today for being in here, and I'm going to go buy Starbucks, and I'm going to go get a pup cup for my dogs. And I'm going to think about Dante's. Dante S., whatever the fuck your name is, made-up human name is. And I'm going to think about you in very, very much detail when I am getting my Starbucks and my fucking pup cups. And I'm going to thank you for coming on in the show and being a dick writer that supports the show. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm too... T. Wick. See, I would say support me or in the show. You're not a member, dog. Why not? Here's the thing about it. I want to bring this up. Not everything's politics. I don't give a fuck that Starbucks is what you think. Liberal. They're liberal. Don't go there. <laughs> dog, it ain't that deep. I don't look that deep into shit. If I want coffee, guess what? I go through the drive-thru at fucking Starbucks. I don't give a fuck if they're right, left, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, you, you not going to Starbucks isn't going to fucking fold them. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, fuck, dog. Just calm down with the bullshit politics. Left and right. I don't go here because the motherfuckers really have a list of things. I don't go to KFC. KFC is liberal. I won't eat it. I go to churches. They're conservative. <laughs> you got me fucked up. I don't give a fuck about all that shit. It ain't changing nothing anyway. I'm going to eat what the fuck I want to eat. It doesn't have to be fucking political what I fucking eat and drink. Holy shit. It could be a post about a fucking dog and a cat. And it'll be somebody on the fucking comments that brings it pol politics into the motherfucker. Oh, man. That's the that's the dog Joe Biden has in the White House. I can't ever have that dog. <laughs> I'm like, dog, are you fucking shitting me? I won't watch the NBA because it's uh, 
I don't give a fuck. Come on, man. I just want to see something. There's nothing on TV. Fuck, I got YouTube TV now. I got rid of Jarek, so I have, you know, I got to watch something. Fuck. Pup cups are free, by the way. I mean, dog, it just, it, it fucking blows my mind. It blows my mind. All right. Snoop Dogg buys the Ottawa Senators. What the fuck, Snoop? Very odd, right? I can see him buying the LA Sparks or some shit, but hockey? Not mad at it. Go get it, Snoop. Much love. Snoop Dogg's getting into the hockey world. Ottawa, of all places, as well. Um, he is buying it with uh, Mr. Sparks, uh, the billionaire um, owner. Um, Snoop Dogg gets involved. That's an interesting take. That's a very interesting take. Um, People said Snoop was high as fuck when he bought the Ottawa Senators. Um, Steve Kim will be joining me in about 50 minutes. All right, let's get into this. Into this uh, 76ers game. I got to get into it real quick before I dive into the Suns game, before I get into some, uh, before I get into some other shit. Um, the, the Celtics have no dog in them. They have no killer in them. You don't lose at home game one to a Joel Embiid less 76 team. You don't. You don't. You can't. You can't. You can't afford to lose to a team without their star and allow a dude who looks like this in a cookie fucking monster outfit to drop 45 on you. It is the ultimate slap in the face. And guess what? Your coach who talks to the media like he's the shit and Greg Popovich where he just one word answers quick, real quick answers and short to the point and tries to be an asshole like he's so fucking focused on the on this task at hand. Well, the focus should be to stop the cookie monster, motherfucker. That's what your fucking focus should be, coach. Not acting hard and trying to be someone you're fucking clearly not. God damn, dog. These motherfuckers think that the, that the world was, revolves around them. It's fucking unbelievable. James Harden drops fucking 45, though. Can't say nothing about it. Um, all right, I got to get into this boxing uh, deal here, okay? Remember the boxer that got knocked out and then the little baby clowned him? Um, remember I came on the show and I said, hey, man, he got knocked out. I am not mad at the grown man who went and talked shit and faked like he fell out to his kid. And then his kid started crying like a little bitch boy that we are raising. Guess what? That's an adult problem, not a kid problem. You allowed it, motherfucker. You didn't coach it. I'd love to hear it. Here you go. Where is he? I'm going to find him. I was like, hmm, I see his kid. And then his sister, I think, was holding them, shielding them because they were crying. So I was just like, bang. He's, he's only a kid. I'm like, and the fuck what? If I had a son and he came to the cage after 287 and then started to do that next to Pereira, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Hey, come here. I apologize. I apologize to that man. The guy knocked me out in his home country and then you see your kid doing that. You don't have the discipline to scold him. And then again, before the 281, you're in your car being like, oh, look what my son did. Luta contra o Adesanya em São Paulo quando o Nocautier... Eu tinha subido no ringue 
If you're not going to teach your kids manners and respect, I will. So I, I, I did him a favor. I did that kid a favor. Now he has a life lesson that he can hold on to forever and just remember that. I'm glad I did it. Fuck them kids. <laughs> I like this guy now. I'm a fan of whoever that guy is. I don't even know who the guy is. Uh, I am a fan of that guy. I'll just tell you like that. I'm a fan of that fucking guy. Um, man, uh, Ash, shout out to Ash. Um, he said, I agree. Politics, DEI, wokeism has invaded the sports arena. Because of this, I rarely watch sports anymore. At the level, at the end of the day, if we do not correct these societal problems, the love of the games will be lost. Appreciate you, Ash. Um, I agree, man. I just don't know if... Here's the thing about it. If we don't do what we like to do, which is if you grew up watching sports, let's say you grew up watching basketball or football or whatever, and I love disagreeing with um, with people. I believe it makes great conversation. That's what we used to be able to do, have disagreements as grown folks, and then it created a great fucking conversation. But nowadays... It is one person gets butt hurt. The other one goes out and pulls out a gun and cowardly shoots him as he runs away. <laughs> That's what we have now. That's what we've raised in this world. But anyway, uh, I don't want to give in to the whole thing. Like, I can't give in and, 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 and totally just not watch what we grew up watching just because of a political stance or – these fucks being woke and all this old shit. I'm like, see, I, I say, I, I, I kind of, I, I clear the mind. I separate the two. Like I'm just watching basketball, the softest generation of basketball players we've ever seen, the dumbest and softest rules ever implemented. The NFL, very similar, soft as we've ever seen. Everyone gets an award. Everybody is a fucking victim. Uh, I mean, it's all, all these things I'm talking about. But I'm not going to allow that to stop. What, what do we have if we don't? I, I get it. I mean, but what do we have? I'm just watching fucking what? You know, I don't know. You can argue, debate. What's better? TV or these fucking things? What's better? TV or the phone? Like, that is what I got to ask you. Because would you rather have your kid watching a sports show? A game, a documentary on sports, a 30 for 30 or a Netflix doc or a, or would you rather have them on the phone watching TikTok videos of kids grab, grabbing and snatching or whatever they call it, running out of fucking Walmart? That's what I, I guess is my, uh, that's how, that's how I look at it. You know what I mean? I, I'd rather have you watching a, at least something, um, because dog obesity is at all time high. I, I, I really do. I, I, I think these, and you know what? It's 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 like the gun and the shooter. Like, okay, we've always had guns, but now we have dumbass, fucking cowardly people using those guns at all time rate. Well, it's the same with the phone. We've all we've had phones. We I used to have a Nokia. Look like a full-on car phone had the plug it was in the car you pop that bitch that was in the early 90s so cell phones have been around for a while since the 80s by the way maybe before the 80s just so we're clear if you go look into it they might have been the 70s 
back in the day, they had the big Nokia phones. Um, but it didn't allow us to like, it didn't define us. These things have defined us because the parent, the grown person has allowed you to have it. There's a shit. There's always been phones. There's always been shit to do. Always been video games. Nintendo placed uh, Nintendo and ColecoVision and Atari and Adams. They go back to Adams and fucking. Uh, they didn't. They didn't define us. We were still not allowed to play those games unless we did what our homework or our chores or acted right in school. Or you imagine, like, dog, these kids are getting their cake and eating it, too. They can act the fuck up in school. They're acting the fuck up in the community. And guess what? They're being rewarded by cell phones, (laughs) by Jordans, by Playstations, by Xboxes, by... Whatever the fuck you guys as parents are buying these fucked up kids because you've never taught them the value of a dollar. You've never made them go earn shit. See, when I grew up, it was a guarantee. When you turn legal limit to work, you're going to get a job. I believe when I was 15, I believe it was 15, and then you had to be 16 for certain jobs. Remember that? You have to go get a job at 15 years old. By the way, I was already working before that, um, learning some learning some skills, by the way, like how to change brakes, how to change the oil on the car. My dad had me doing those things at 8, 9, 10, and 11 years old, by the way. that's You think that's happening? <laughs> but we've allowed these kids to get away with murder, figuratively and literally, and then give them what they haven't earned phones fucking all these gifts that we should have earned or have to earn they're just getting it for acting an ass they're being rewarded for absolutely being criminals that is the fucking world right now and that is no one's fault but the parent Solely, there's no other excuse about it. You have failed, the parents have failed this country in an astronomical way. I'm just telling you right now. Parents are fucking jokes. They're absolute jokes. And you wonder why we have the fucking pussy-ass men in the world and why women have ventured off on their own. Why do you think there's more women breadwinners now? Women got fed up. Like, fuck this bitch-made motherfucker. I'll go get my own money. I ain't sitting at the house with why your ass makes me pump gas. (laughs) Like, dog, I ain't mad. Shit. I ain't mad, but just don't get it twisted. It's still a man's world. Because women that get to that point, they now they think, oh, shit. It's a woman's world. It's not. I, and for, I'm not being sexist. I'm not. I'm just saying it'll never be a woman's world unless you are the ones that we call to beat up the bully. Unless it's you. 
hey, girl, can you come beat up this motherfucking 6'5", 300-pound bully for me? <laughs> hey, girl, fucking brakes went out on the freeway. Can you uh, can you come and, 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 and bring a fucking socket set and change the fucking brakes on the freeway? I need you to change the tire. I need you to jack that bitch up. I need you to pull that bitch. I need you to shake the brakes. I need you to bleed the brakes and get me back on the road. Much love to you, girl. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Like, let's just be honest. That is why the word, the, the term, it's a man's world, I think, is used. Because a man should defend a woman. I mean, that's just what it is. But now women, I'm not mad at them. Fuck it. They're like, I'm going on my own. I'm the breadwinner now. And once they become the breadwinner and get outside of the uh, of the comfort zone of being a housewife or mom or whatever, which I don't agree with. I, I, I hate that term, housewife. Um, then they get, I think it gets a little bit to their head, which I'm not, you know, I'm not totally mad at, but at the same time, I think we got to know that you're still going to need a man to do man shit. And I love it. Go get to go get your money, girl. I'm not mad, but that's why I believe the man's world term is still in effect. Um, in this, uh, in this thing, um, Ash said that uh, he agrees. He said, but the year the NBA had Black Lives Matter on the basketball court and the jerseys, it turned out. Ash, let me ask you something. You a black man? Is that your picture? You a brother, right? Is that you? Um, <clears throat> interesting take. <clears throat> uh, I just want to know, because Phil Jackson said what you just said. <clears throat> and I'm just, I'm just curious to see your your take on what Phil Jackson said. Phil Jackson said, let's keep politics out of sports. I, I agree. I don't believe that was racist. People don't forget. Jalen Rose don't understand something. <clears throat> I think people lack the history knowledge and the history uh, in this country. I don't think they realize whether you believe in the history lessons or not. Here's the deal. Um, here's the issue I have. Um, Phil Jackson was an activist. He marched with black folks in the 60s and I don't know if Jalen Rose understands that. I don't believe he understands. He was a pro-activist for black folks. He played in the NBA, be it not as black as it is right now, if that's what we're going to say. It's 90% black played, 90% white coached. But he did play. Then he coached 90% black players. Without, without Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal don't have those championships. And I'm just confused as to how we just go blatantly straight after color. It's always about color. It's like, fuck, dog. Shut up. Like I'm, <laughs> And Jalen Rose is one to talk. <laughs> Everything out of Jalen Rose's mouth is, has to be a racist. You're, you are racist. Like, you can't talk about anything with Jalen Rose unless you are fucking racist. And I'm just like, dog, I just wish we could play sports again. We didn't play sports back in the day and talk about fucking Obama or Ben or or Biden or Trump. Motherfuckers on the on the hoop court getting into fights over politics. What? I don't know. 
It is what it is, man. Um, Ash, I appreciate you, brother. Um, it's just crazy, man. It, it's really crazy. It's sad. It really is. It's sad. Uh, remember this? This season is a failure. Oh, my God. Uh, we, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able I don't know, um, provide a house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you tell me. Yes, I'm telling you it is. How about this, fucking Giannis? You fucking soft Euro. It, it doesn't exist. It's not existent. What the hell does that mean? Seriously, what does failure mean? It, it's not. It doesn't. It, it doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. The point is, the story continues. The story continues. So if you fail on Monday, the only way it's a failure on Monday is if you decide to not progress from that. Right. So that so to me, that's why failure is not existent, because, you know, if I fail today, I, OK, I'm going to learn something from that failure and I'm going to try again on Tuesday and I'm going to try again on Wednesday. So it doesn't exist. Which to me, it's the, the worst possible thing you could ever have is to stop and to not learn. Did Giannis learn is the question. Did Giannis learn? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think that I disagree. I think that uh, this generation has accepted mediocrity as its new excellence. That's just what I believe. I believe that. Did you see Job Morant when they were down 40 on the on his bench? Literally like he was winning by 40. That shit is what. Ash, to your point, that is the thing that will stop me from watching competitive sports. See what I'm saying? That is what I would stop watching competitive sports for. It's for the fact that <clears throat> the fact that I don't want to see you partying on the sideline down 40. To me, you're just an overpaid Fucking crybaby. Like, that is what, <laughs> that is the problem I have. Like, why would you pay someone for an organization to feel good about losing by 40? That's the problem I have. <clears throat> so that's why I wanted to bring it up. Like, I get Giannis saying that, you know, there's steps to it. But this is the problem I have. Giannis, you already won a championship, dog. Every game after that that you don't win a championship, D. Jones, is a bust. Is a failure. You've already won the motherfucker. You have failed from that point on when you don't win. 
How can you win, D. Jones, and then lose, and then talk about their steps to this thing? <laughs> Isn't that backwards thinking? Hold on. You've already won one. So guess what? Every single fucking day, I'm going to try to win another one. There ain't no more steps to it. The organization has to get me the right pieces. I'm the fucking best player in the NBA. Guess what? Jump on my back. I'm going to take this to the promised land. So, no, the reason I showed Kobe was to say that if I lost Monday, that I'm going to make sure I don't lose Tuesday. Giannis is saying that there is steps to this thing for the longevity of shit, bringing in Michael Jordan, talking about he won he won, he won these titles, though. so the other nine years were failures? Yes! Because he didn't win a fucking championship. He already tasted it. You think he didn't fail when he lost to Orlando Magic when he came back and, 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 and Nick Anderson hit that three in his face and sent them home? You don't think Jordan thinks that was a fucking failure? Get the fuck out of here, dog. That, you already won, homie. So now you're you're happy? You're cool? You're pleased? You won one title? So everything now is a, is a rebuild? Fuck no. It ain't no rebuild. It ain't no rebuild. That's my point, D. Jones. He's already reached the plateau. How is exactly right? The standards should be set. How is it not set? Like you won. How is it a rebuild now? That, that's the problem I have. That's the confusing part. It ain't no fucking rebuild no more. What do you mean? You already won. I'm just confused as to how this fucking thing's a rebuild. Um, it ain't a rebuild. You've already won the thing, dog. I'm sorry. It, it is what it is. You've already won. It is what it is. Um, I got to get into this Draymond Green thing before I break down some interview stuff. Um, Draymond Green was asked... Asked Steve Kerr and the GM permission to miss some of their road trip to watch LeBron James become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Steve Kerr decided Green should stay with the team. How long is it before? Like, here's the thing. Matthew said, and I don't care if Matthew uh, petted for it as trolling or not, but I'm going to answer this question. Um, he said, coach, do you consider your last year at Indy a failure? Absolutely. I fucking absolutely do. I don't give a fuck. I don't have no, I don't care if this is a troll or not. Here's the thing. We arguably had a more talented, rich roster in certain areas. The, 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 the second year on Netflix. Um, I don't believe we were, the, the issue is not only quarterback that, we lost four starting quarterbacks that year. Um, but there's no there's no excuse when you're the chief of the boat. You go down with the, with the boat. There's no fucking excuses. Yeah, we had four quarterbacks. We start with Jay, uh, Georgia Tech transfer, freaking nature. We're going to run triple option. You, If you watch game one, Dodge City, we blow them out. 45 to I don't know what. We have a great night on offense. He gets hurt play two. I bring in the backup, Chase. Left-handed kid comes in, throws for 300 yards. We dominate. And I'm like, well, he picked up the offense, but we had to change the offense. Guess what? From that point on, though, he gets hurt. The next game, I bring in a true freshman. He gets hurt. I bring Malik Henry back. 
And then it's like, I can't give up all my integrity. I can't do it. I'm going to go back with a freshman. And listen, we had a bad nucleus. And it's not just on the roster. It was coaching staff. It was administration. It was in the dorms. It was in the community. Everyone he wanted to be on camera. And it became overbearing for a bunch of 19 to 23 year old kids and they thought they were all actors and guess what if you see if you look at all the games we lost by one two three seven one and guess what it's because you don't do right during the week i truly believe you do right six days out the week the seventh day takes care of itself which was game day we deserve to lose and guess who that falls on me so Absolutely is a failure. But guess what? You coach long enough, like I have, you're going to have those seasons. It is what it is. You're going to have those seasons. So if you don't know, if you haven't never coached or you've never been in a uh, in those in, in, in competitive environments, then you won't understand it. But if you if you have, then you know if you play long enough, you coach long enough, you're going to be on some undefeated teams, you're going to be on some all-defeated teams, <laughs> meaning you haven't won a fucking game. I've never done that, but I've usually won at least three games, um, I guess, um, as a coach or a player. But you know what? I lied. My freshman year at Compton College, I went. we went 0-10. First year back after a revising program, Coach Ward took the job. Uh, Compton had, had no football program for like three years, and we were the first team back. And we had some NFL guys. Coach Ward brought some dudes in there. We were all a little bit older, and we went 0-10 at Compton College. And then the next year, 7-3, and and then Coach Ward built that program up. They ended up going to the bowl games. So it takes time sometimes, but then nowadays with the transfer portal and the NIL deals, you can win overnight. You can win overnight. Shit, you can win fucking overnight. Um, yeah, you coach it or allow it. But here's the Draymond Green thing, and I'll get into this other thing. The Draymond Green thing, um, for him to ask to want to go to another man and see another man get the scoring record, it kind of is is a little bit of a fanboyish. I get a vibe, a bad one. I don't know if you saw this video. Um, have you seen this video? Pool brushing him off, um, brushing Draymond off, and then Curry goes over there and talks to him. Um, when is enough enough? Now, I'm, I'm on the record saying that I don't believe they win any championships without Draymond Green. I'm on the record. I think Draymond Green is the most underappreciated player on that team, and he's not even a guy that scores. Um, but I'm also a addition by subtraction guy. And I believe that there's a, there's something that I'm on to here. If he was such a cancer, like he is, it seems like he is a full on cancer. He He's always into something, right? Obviously Steve Kirk cannot control that man. Here's the thing about it. Somebody knows something that maybe JB said, 
<laughs> maybe I'm right about they haven't won without him. Maybe Steve Kerr knows we can't win without him. Maybe the GM knows, guess what? We can't win without him. Why has Draymond Green never been traded or even really in the discussion? Have you noticed this? Draymond Green's never really ever, ever been in the trade discussion. Something is bigger than what we know. Meaning, he is the glue. He's the reason they win. But what do I know? Clay Thompson did fucking absolutely nothing the other night. By the way, Steph Curry went the fuck off. But look at what Draymond Green did. All the fucking little intangible things that he did. Jordan Poole was basically a no-show in the series versus the Kings. He did absolutely nothing. Kevin Looney, Draymond Green... And Steph, minus Clay Thompson's a figment of what he used to be. He is dust and he is turning into dust in front of our very eyes. There's a reason you don't get rid of Draymond Green because he is the reason you have won for this many years. Let's just be honest. And he's a shitbird. He's a shitbird. It's all about him. Like, he don't, nobody wants to fuck with him. Poole don't want to fuck with him. He hit the guy. He, he suckered him. He, he suckered the dude. And he's still on the team. He suckered a teammate and he's on the team. Like, what does that tell you about management and what Steve Kerr believes in? Now, if this is true, then I'm glad Steve Kerr said, stay your ass here. That is what I am glad about. But, you know, you know, it is what it is. I mean, but Draymond Green wanting to, to even ask for some release time. <laughs> that sounds like a teacher, right? Can I get some release time to go recruit? If you're a coach and a teacher in a college level, that's what we used to ask for. He's asking for release time from his own fucking team to go watch another man break a record. I don't know where we are in this world, dog. I'm lost. I'm lost. But maybe I know something that a lot of you don't know. <laughs> like, this motherfucker is, is, you know, I don't know. Let's get into some football. First, professional. I got to talk about Roger Goodell. Uh, Commissioner uh, Goodell acknowledged that there won't be an extension of his contract, meaning this year's draft was possibly Goodell's last. Is that real? Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to really, really say this. I don't know. Um I don't know if that's true or not. Um, the comments I see, though, that are in the chat, like Ethan on top, he want to witness his boy break the record. Like, um, See, that's soft pussy shit to me. You have, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. That's bitch-made shit. And see, bitch-made cats condone bitch-made shit. So <laughs> that's like you 
telling your girl that, listen, girl, hey, baby, I'm going to go see my ex get married. <laughs> what? Yeah, she invited me. You know, it ain't nothing. I'm going to go see my ex get married. What the fuck? For what? Get the fuck out. I wish a motherfucker would. I wish a motherfucker would ask me. I'm gonna go get I'm gonna go I'm gonna go watch my ex get married. <laughs> you a bitch, homie. Get the fuck out of here. Draymond Green wanna go see his homie break the record. Motherfucker, you got a fucking season to play, homie. Oh, what kind of soft pussies are you, motherfuckers, man? God damn. What fucking soft ass motherfucker? Who? What soft motherfucker raised you, homie? <laughs> like I gotta be honest. What soft ass motherfucker raised you? Cause there's no way. There's no fucking way. There's no way. There's no way that you had a grown man raise you and tell you it was cool to leave your brothers to go fucking root for a fucking rival. There's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. <laughs> There's no way that that that's real shit. Like that is how fucking soft we are. And it's this generational, whatever generation Z or whatever you gen Z or whatever the fuck you call them. You motherfuckers are unbelievable. You are the softest pussies I've ever, ever seen in my entire life. Like, I'm just telling you. You motherfuckers all can go. <laughs> like, I, man. Put all you motherfuckers on a boat that is where the Titanic sank. Go out there. <laughs> I'm telling you, these motherfuckers are unbelievable. So maybe Roger Goodell's gone. We'll see. Um, got about 15 minutes. Steve Kim will join me. I want to get into this right here. This is someone sent me on you on Twitter, and uh, I don't know if you can see it or not, but I want to get into uh, I want to get into this. Um, and Bunless Hot Dog, he's gonna he's gonna make this statement. Who made these kids soft, though? See, that's what you guys don't know. You guys are fucking ignorant, dog. Because I know where Bunless Hot Dog is leaning towards. He's going to say that myself and the parents of these kids made them soft. No, you are wrong. You're missing an entire generation, homie. I'm not the dad of this kid that was born in fucking 97. <laughs> or whatever year it is. I'm sorry. I don't know what the fucking years are. But I'm not a kid that was born. I don't, I'm not the dad of the kid born in 2015, bruh. Please do the math. I'm not the dad of the fucking kid that was doing TikTok in 2015. There is someone missing. There is a set of dads before me. I mean, I'm after me, okay? Babies are having babies at an all-time high. Don't put them motherfuckers on me. Shit. Motherfucker, I wish I would have a kid at 2013, 14, 15, whenever you Gen Z motherfuckers are. God, please. I'd be fucking 80 by the time the motherfuckers were 25. Fuck that. There's a generation you're missing. 
So don't get slick, motherfucker. I know where you're headed on that shit. And motherfucker, you're missing a goddamn generation. You're missing a 22-year-old dad. Motherfucker. You ain't missing me. <laughs> you're missing a 22-year-old dad after my motherfucking ass. You might even be too off. You might even be too off. Shit. Get the fuck out of here. Bunless hot dog is a ballless man. <laughs> Bunless hot dog is a ballless man, which is made into a human we call what? Made up human. Anyway, um, motherfucker, I knew where Bunless hot dog was going. Bunless Hot Dog was in the, uh, was on Last Chance Q yesterday. Shout out to Bunless Hot Dog. He was actually pretty good last night and, and was supportive. I appreciate Bunless Hot Dog. But Bunless Hot Dog, you are considered a fucking slapdick for trying to come at me with that bullshit. Who raised them? Motherfucker, I knew where you were going. I love that narrative. I love that fucking comment. Everyone says that shit. Well, you raised them. No, we didn't. <laughs> There's 20-year-olds, motherfucker. There's 20-year-olds out here having kids. You're missing, the fa- you're missing the fucking point. All right, let's get into this. I got this from a coach on Twitter. Um, coach Four, he, he brought this to my attention, okay? Um, he put on Twitter, and there were some comments on here, some questions. This is an interview question to be a head coach at this particular school. And it was crazy that if somebody from that actual school DM'd me and said, we're horrible, coach, and we need you to come in and cuss us out. That is from a DM from the kid at that school. <laughs> and I want to show it, but I'm not going to do that to the kid. And here's the problem. This is what these administrators are blinded to. Your kids hit me up, you fucking idiot. They want coached hard. They want real life fucking fire spit at them. You motherfuckers don't. Because you fucking soft, fake administrators don't realize that you are setting these kids up for absolute failure. So, let's read through this. Why do you want to be a football coach at Anderson County High School? Here these questions go again, dog. Well, I want to be a coach because it's it's all I've ever wanted to do. I just want to help kids, and I just want to shut the fuck up. Don't worry why I want to be a head coach. I want to be a head coach because you fucking pay 100 k <laughs> That's why I want to be a head coach at Anderson County High School. Guess what? I want to be a head coach at Johnson County High School, at Maryland County High School. I want to be a coach at Los Angeles County High School. I want to be a coach wherever the motherfucker's paying. That's why. Now, next question. What coaches have been the biggest influence on you? Why? What did you take from the coach? Well, first of all, do you know any of the motherfuckers I'm about to mention? Are you going to fucking find out if they are really the guy that I say they are? How the fuck do you know who my mentors are if I named off 15 motherfuckers right now? If I name off Coach Ward, Coach Johnson, Coach Smith, Coach Taylor, do you fucking know them? The dumbest question you can ever ask a coach. What coaches have been the biggest influence on you? 
You don't know. Why are you asking me this question? You have no fucking idea who they are. Number three, if you are somewhere in town and people begin to badmouth the football staff and program, what is the loyal way to respond? There is no loyal way to respond. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not loyal. You're not loyal. You're going to fire me because I cuss, which we'll get to in a minute. What do you mean loyal? I'm defending the kids, the program's kids, the kids that I am there to help get a scholarship for. I'm not there loyal to your program. You fire fucking coaches every day for nothing. What do you mean? I'm not loyal to your fucking program. I'm loyal to the kids. You know what I'd tell these fucking people out in public? How about you go support the fucking kids and stop bitching and moaning out here, fucking helicopter parent? How about you stop dropping your kid off to me to be babysat all fucking day and come on to the practices and see how shitty little Johnny really is. Why he don't play. Will your schedule allow you to be at all practices and workouts? Provide overall schedule and expectations. What are we fucking talking about here? No, I I work at Walmart from fucking three to seven. So when I get out of Walmart, then I could come be the head coach of your program. Are we fucking joking me? I'm going to email this guy. I'm going to find the AD of this fucking school, and I'm going to send him this interview thing, and I'm going to tell him you're a fucking idiot. You are the fucking reason why your program is an absolute fucking joke. And why don't we figure that out? Do we understand it starts at the top and it fucking rolls downhill? Do you understand that coaches don't take, well, real coaches don't take jobs just to take jobs? Because administrators like you, are the reason the kids are fucked up. No, I'm going to work at Walmart. First of all, if that question's on there, coaches, you need to get up and walk the fuck out because that means that it is a part-time gig and that means that they aren't going to fully invest anyways in this thing. So that means they want to, they want you to have these high lofty expectations when they have none. If they are going to pay you for your fucking time to be the head coach to make sure those kids are being fucking watch coach mentored and taught every day then what the fuck are you on the interview they're asking you what you're going to do on your when can you get there from your other job you know what i'd say i'd say listen do you have another job because it sounds like you work at walmart with these questions mr athletic director (laughs) mr principal mr president what in the fuck are we talking about so you're not going to pay a head coach full time, but yet you want me here full time. Hold the fuck up. What part of the game is this? Uh, we want to practice fast. Oh, this is comical. Here's a guy that's probably in a fucking suit and tie who's a big old 600-pound fucking bookworm who knows nothing about football whatsoever. And this is when I tell you young coaches, that you better start interviewing the interviewer. You better start becoming the interviewer and not the interviewee. Because here's the question I have when he says, we want to practice fast. So stop. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, time out. I want you to explain to me what fast is. Explain to me what fast practice is. I want your definition so I can meet your expectations, sir. Say that. 
I want to know what they think fast practice is. And then I want to ask them, him, her, she, me, mem, um, can you give me an example on a script since you know what fast practice is? Then you're going to see a motherfucker gulp. Have you ever heard? The, have you ever seen the person lying swallow? <laughs> that motherfucker is, gets fucking nervous. Now you ask him a question he don't know the answer to. Motherfucker's going to start swallowing and shit. Because he couldn't show you a fucking script if you wrote it up and put it on his fucking ass. There's no fucking way. That's why I'm asking questions now. Now that it's a shit show interview, I'm starting to ask the questions. Like, you want fast practice? Really? We also want to maximize efficiency in practice. Really? So give me a script. I want to see your script. I want to see your time day script. I want to see your periods. Show me how long your periods are. I want to see how you transition from your period one to two to three. What you do pre-practice. What do you do? post-practice. I want to see your script if you want a highly efficient practice and they won't be able to show you. So they're Googling questions off the internet asking you when they don't even know what the fuck they're asking. Very little standing around and watching. Everyone involved working and getting reps. Can you make your coaching style fit that philosophy? Can you coach on the run, make corrections as needed after practice, etc.? This is an elementary Pop Warner set of questions <laughs> like i would be laughing and that's why i wouldn't get the job obviously well first of all i'm not gonna interview here we go let's get to this i'll tell you why i'm not gonna get the job we do a bunch of dirty and extra work washing uniforms sweeping the locker room getting see now it's a slap in my face because you don't know who the fuck i am so now i'm not even gonna read that question let's get to seven we do not cuss on the field can you handle that? Or do you think that cussing is necessary to get a player's attention at times? If so, this will not be a good fit for you or us. send him this clip because that's a real laugh by the way that's that's my real laugh over um uh, here's the question i'm gonna rebut with hey mr president and principal and ad what's your guys record over the last five years uh we've won three games oh okay cool i i, I saw that because the kid that's dm me told me that uh one of your players told me that Oh, my players DM'd you? Yeah, they did. They actually think uh, they need me to cuss at them. Oh, no way. We don't cuss here. Oh, I'm just letting you know what your players are saying. So that's what, how out of tune you must be. Sorry, no offense. But we love to say no offense and then offend. Um, let me ask you. You've won, five, you've won three games in five years. Great job by you. Uh, have you ever looked at getting yourself fired or firing yourself? Because uh, you are horrible. Have you ever asked yourself that question? Well, coach, I'm sure that this will be the end of this interview. No, it's not. Because um, here's the questions I have for you so you can maybe get better. If you're going to keep your job, you're probably grandfathered in here because you've been here and your daddy and your uncle and your grandpa were also the ADs here. But here's the thing. By the way, they were shitty too. This is what I would literally say in this interview. Um, so you're three wins in five years and you had no cussing, correct? That's correct. We don't cuss on the football field. Okay. 
Well, maybe you fucking should. Because you're fucking horrible without cussing. Maybe you should fucking start cussing, motherfucker. And then that would be the last part of the question. I'd still leave. I'd just walk out. (laughs) Here's eight. We want our players to be corrected, pushed, and become the best. Shut up. No, you don't. (laughs) Nine, five years from now, where do you see yourself as a football coach? You know what, man? In year four here, when we're fucking undefeated, and uh, and I'm cussing motherfuckers out, I'm going to take the job at Alabama, and I'm going to replace Nick Saban. That's where I see myself. Where do you see yourself? <laughs> it's the fucking dumbest question, dog. Are you a big picture guy, detail guy, combination of both? Explain. Best coaches are a mix of both. Really? Explain me your leadership style, sir. I want to know your leadership style. What kind of leadership style do you have? You a dictator style leader? You're a, democ- you're a democratic style leader? What type of leadership style do you have, sir? They don't like that shit, dog. They don't want to hear that shit. Miguel said Anderson County was 2-9 and nine last year and 0-3 and in district. Well, fuck me. It didn't take long to figure that out. <laughs> ah, dog. You got to be fucking unfucking. You, there's no way that you're serious with this interview question. And then they wrote in a question. Can you coach and stay off your cell phone? Can you coach and stay off your phone? It's a question written in on the bottom. First of all, oh, this that, that's the biggest slap in a real coach's face that I've ever seen. I have no idea where that where what state that is in. Where's that at, Miguel? Where's that state? What state is that in? They were two and nine the year before as well. So they're four and eighteen in the last two years. Go back, keep going. Um, oh man, <clears throat> let me get a drink because that shit's comical. Uh we're we're raising pussies, dog. That's what. We're raising pussies. Uh, I mean, it, it blows my mind that we're raising pussies. Holy shit. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. God damn. Oh. John Hall, I'm telling you, dog, it's crazy. See, I wouldn't even allow you. Wait. Shiny. Cardboard legend. So you're saying you should have a phone um, or not? I'm confused. See, here's the thing about it. Man, I got the best blood pressure. Dog, I'm a healthy motherfucker. You better ask somebody. I just had blood work done. Shit, they said my fucking blood is out off the charts um, in a good way. Uh, Let me ask you something. I don't even know what I was going to ask you. God damn it. That's what happens when you do live fucking TV or live whatever. Um, Oh, phones. If you're the head coach, first of all, in my staff manual, guess what it has on there? No fucking phones. You're not taking a phone out to the fucking deal. You better get a fucking watch and or you'll hear the fucking horn that's off of the script that I've designed. You don't need a phone. Get one of those watch phone things. That's what I, I said you could have. 
because you can look down and say, okay, period four is next. But I also have tickers out there, clocks out there. I have everything. I don't want to see you on the phone. If you're on the phone in my weight room or on the field, I'll fire you. You can ask people if you think I'm lying. Because <laughs> if you're on your phone, you're not working. And it's the most fucking utter, Pop Warner, unprofessional fucking thing from a real coach who wants to try to go be a D1 coach, because that's what you told me you want to be, to be on their phone. So it's unbelievable. Uh, man, we got 600 people in here. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Appreciate you. Uh, that 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 interview question was from, uh, those questions are from Kentucky. Um, they're in Kentucky. Um, Steve Kim's joining us here on this Talk That Talk Tuesday. Uh, appreciate him. Uh, welcome him there. Um, Steve, what up? What's up, Coach? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, you sick? No, just kind of woke up just a couple minutes ago. Oh, did you? Um, man, I'm sorry I hit you up last night. I was like, fuck, I'm late. Um, have you seen this guy play lately? Who's this? Who is that? That's uh, that guy, Brit Britton Griner. Oh, God. How yeah, is she- that woman? Is that not a man right there standing there? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Oh. Um, how are we supposed to beat this? How are women supposed to beat that? Do you see the size of her foot, his foot? I mean, just... Well, I guess she's going to advocate now for men being able to play with women. I guess she doesn't value her job. Uh, I was saying this to Whitlock yesterday, but... Uh, the last thing she wants is men uh, in that league because her biggest advantage is size. Well, now she wants a bunch of six, seven behemoths with real strength and the ability to play above the rim. There goes all her. So she wants a bunch of Juana men to come into that league and to take away her dominance. I just, it's just not smart. And they even ask that question. I mean, Whitlock got all, all over the veteran reporter. William Roden, he used to be a respected guy. Um, and uh, to paraphrase Logan Roy, he is no longer a serious person. I mean, how do we take things serious when we have men that... Oh, jeez. I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, that's what I'm, I want to know. Um, do you agree to this statement right here? I'm going to show you a picture. I want you to tell me, do you agree? Um. So that is – let me get rid of a ticker. Best team in MJ's era was the the Bulls, right? The best team in Kobe's era was the Lakers. Best team in LeBron's era is the Golden State Warriors. Is that true or not? Well, here's the thing. Best team in Kobe's era was the San Antonio Spurs. No, yeah. it wasn't. Yes, it was. They were more consistent. They never had terrible years. Before? Well, with Kobe, they had some they had some clunkers. We have to be honest about it. The most consistent franchise. He won more than Duncan? Yeah. Look, I if you want to go with the totality, you want to put away those purple and uh, purple and gold goggles, the San Antonio Spurs during the Kobe era, they were a more consistent franchise. Maybe, but they didn't win as many championships. Are we Kobe. sure? Let me see. Ninety-nine. Four. I, I thought. I thought they won four or five, right? Yeah. Ninety-nine was the what do you call it? Uh, the shortage. lockout. Yeah, the lockout. So I mean, I don't know. I'm just. But wait, it, do you count that? I, I know you do. I'm just kidding. I count it too. But the people that say the bubble don't count, shut up. 
I would love for you to go in the bubble and play in a hotel room every single day and tell me it don't count. Yeah, but I mean, I just, uh, I, I also say this, the, the last couple of years of Kobe, they won 20 games. It's just, yeah, they were bad. They were bad. But yeah. he played longer. I mean, um, I don't know. It's crazy. All right, I got to ask you, I got to get into this. CP2, or I'm sorry, CP3. <laughs> uh, he got hurt again, and he went out. And he is unavailable in every big game in his entire career. And I am so sick and tired of hearing he's a top five point guard. I have not seen him do anything meaningful in his career except for being injured and unavailable. He choked it off. They were up 3-1 in Houston when they could have put a Golden State away. They couldn't do that. He gets hurt. Don't play game six or seven. I forgot which one it was. And then last year against the Bucks, he's unavailable. Now he gets un- he's unavailable again. The Suns are, are just – I think the KD move was horrible. I said it two weeks ago. I say it now. He doesn't fit that roster. They have no bench. I know you don't watch basketball, but I'm like – Dog, what is going on with this uh, CP2 or CP3? Everyone thinks he's a top five point guard. You think he's a top five point guard of all time? Well, okay, so that means Isaiah Thomas, John Stockton, obviously Magic, who's number one in my view. Oscar uh, Robertson? Robertson was a more of a forward, kind of did it all. Uh, Allen Iverson, to me, was more of a shooting guard that brought the ball up a lot. Um Look, Chris Paul's top 10. I mean, Gary Payton has to be in there, both sides of the court. What is really Steph some... Curry considered, though? Steph, you know, see, I've always thought Steph was more of just a guard, a combo guard who's a little bit small. I don't consider him a true playmaking guard, although he can be. So, uh, Tiny Archibald was a great little guard. Walt Frazier, guys of that ilk. Earl Monroe, kind of a combo guard himself. Uh, I, Norm I Norm Nixon was actually very underrated. People don't, don't understand how good he was during his prime. Uh, hmm. Mark Price was an excellent player. Really like Mark Price a lot. So, I, I mean, again, I, top five. I, Nash? Na- yes, the guy won, like, what, two MVPs? Yeah, is he? Do you put him above Steve Nash? I don't. No, no I don't. How about Jason Kidd? Yeah, Jason Kidd, all-time assist leader. So, I, top five? No. Now that I put it that way, no, I really don't. Yeah, and, I don't even have him in my even close. I, think I still a- remember the one year with Chris Paul. The Clippers, I think it was about seven, eight years ago, had a closeout game at home against the Rockets. They were up 18 in the second half. And I remember I'm at dinner with some boxing people, and someone said, hey, the Clippers are up by 18 in the third quarter. We said, okay, good, they're going to advance, great. Then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you know, they're up 10. That ain't a problem. Well, now they're up six. Okay. And they ended up losing that game, and I just had that feeling game seven's over. It's over. And it was. They lost. So, Chris Paul had a window of opportunity with the Clippers to kind of do something. He had a good young roster, good pieces around him. Never got past the second round, if if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't know. I have a hard time putting him up that high. Yeah, and if Derrick Rose don't get hurt, I think he's a top. He could. He was on. Derrick Rose may have been the most explosive athlete uh, I've seen as a point guard. His yeah. ability to go above the rim and overpower bigger players uh, in the paint never seen anything like it. But once he had that knee injury and his explosiveness was taken away, it was like tapped his game was just dissipated. 
Yeah, I, I, I like, I, I would, I agree. I would have took Tim Hardaway over Chris Paul. I would have took uh, Mo Cheeks. That's a good Mo one. Cheeks was a solid guy. Yeah. Mo Cheeks was your traditional pass first distributing point guard. Nowadays, point guards, you know, they're expected to shoot a little bit, be able to score anywhere between 18 to 20 points. But, yeah, when I think of Chris Paul, I think of the things he did not do. The main thing, he never got a team over the hump. Good point, too. Would you take Tony Parker over him? He won. Yes. <laughs> he engineered a lot of championships. Yeah, I agree. Uh all right, let's get into some football. NFL uh, draft just ended. Sean and I did a show last night about the winners and the losers. We don't really grade them because I don't think you can grade these teams until years down the line, which is I, I, I love to see these grades come out the next day. The Eagles are an A. I'm like, how do you know? You won't even hear half these guys in, in two years. Um, but let me ask you this. The, the winners and losers is on the optical side of things, as you saw them being drafted and the teams that drafted. I don't know if you watched it or you, you caught up with it later. Um, I love Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. I thought they absolutely dominated this draft from a football coaching standpoint. I don't believe it was even close. I, I love to see the ESPN analysts that know nothing about it, uh, football, talk about how great the Eagles draft was, how great this draft was and that draft. The Seahawks absolutely crushed the draft. Um, people don't know why they crushed it because they don't know football. But uh, Pete Carroll got better. I believe they're going to be in the hunt, especially with the Niners having uh, a quarterback that's up in the in, in the air, who their quarterback's going to be. Uh, I think the Seahawks have gotten a lot better. I thought they killed the draft. I thought it was head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, I don't know what you think, but uh, Pete Carroll won the draft, in my opinion, uh, going forward. The Eagles did okay. They basically drafted Georgia's whole roster, and they they did okay, but we got to see those guys. Jordan Davis didn't play last year, Steve, because they had veteran guys. So Jalen Carter may not play this year. He may be a redshirt guy because they have Fletcher Cox, and now Jordan Davis will play. So – I don't, I don't, I'm not buying into this, uh, this Howie Roseman uh, hype right now, are you? Well, I, I look, they should call that defense the Aga. I mean, but one thing about Kirby's smart players, they're well-taught and they're disciplined. And I like what they did. Look, I think getting DeAndre Swift on the last deal uh, of his rookie contract, he's a big, strong guy that can run fast. I actually like that acquisition. And look. That's an organization that says we are going to be big and physical on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and we're going to adhere to it. We have a philosophy. And I don't look unless Jalen Hurts falls off a cliff, which I don't expect to, that team's going to win 13 games again and be a real player because they've surrounded him, and they're big, and they're physical. And you always got to have an exit plan. But Jalen Carter, um, if, they, if they can get him to play consistently hard, he can be a, a legitimate perennial Pro Bowl type of guy. I, I do think his motor is a little bit questionable. I didn't like that game he played against Ohio State. But if you surround him with teammates, people he likes and trusts, maybe things can be a little bit different. Um, you know, Houston certainly made a splash. They gave D'Amico Ryans his foundational pieces right off the top. I thought that was a big play. Uh, Anthony Richardson at four. I, I'll, I'll just go on the record right now. 
um, is it'll be interesting to see when do the Colts pull the trigger and say, okay, kid, get out there and play. Because I don't know if he's really ready to play NFL football and be a legitimate signal caller. Um, you know what team I think is taking too much heat for their draft? And based on this guy's track record, we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Brad Hopkins and the Lions. I, I get it. I, people didn't like the running back at 12, but Jameer Gibbs is your modern-day running back. You can flex him out. He bailed out Alabama a lot. And I'm just telling you, if you watch Alabama this past year, they were still one of the best teams. But, Coach, one thing that I noticed, they were not that disciplined as usual. They were not that um, machine. And their offensive line was bad. And there were a lot of times where Bryce Young had to run around and flip it out to Gibbs, who would make magic happen. And Jameer Gibbs won't be your heavy-duty running back. That's going to be David Montgomery, who's a solid physical tackle-to-tackle runner. And Jameer Gibbs, on the outside and into the flat, he's going to get a lot of passes thrown his way. He will be an effective weapon. I know people don't like the -the off-the-ball linebacker that they got, but you know what? They needed to get better in the front seven. I thought they'd go cornerback in one of those spots. But if you look at Brad Holmes, Coach, look at his last three drafts. He nails his first-round draft choices. He nails his second and third, and and he gets good stuff at the third. I trust the guy until he proves me wrong. I'm not going to doubt the guy. I tell you what was an interesting pick that I that I questioned. And I don't question a lot of it because, look, I'm not Mel Kuyper. I'm not Todd McShay. The Chargers, I thought, would go for a fast receiver. And when they said wide receiver, I thought it was either Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison. I thought it was interesting they got Quentin Johnson. Big body guy. I, I thought they needed a faster guy because, to me, you look at Keenan Allen, absolute technician, wouldn't call him a burner. Mike Williams, Mr. Catch Radius. So I thought they needed a guy that they could run into the slot. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's interesting, Quentin Johnson. Now, for the Seahawks, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a chess piece. He could play at any position, the X, Y, and Z. And he only played about 10% of the season. This was a guy people thought was going to be a top five player. And if you look at the recent track record, of Ohio State wide receiver. Now you have Metcalf, Lockett, and him. Geno Smith is should have a career renaissance at the end. I like what they did. Um, any other thoughts on the draft? Um, Let me give you the feedback hmm. on the Chargers take. And this is from knowledge and, and talking to a couple guys, plus what I see. You have two big-bodied guys like you just mentioned. Technicians, go up and get it. Yeah. Moss you, body you up. Uh, route running technicians, but they're injury prone, Steve. Yeah, they are. You got to have that big replacement because one of those two are going to be down. And they did draft a slot later on in the draft, and they do. Uh, there are some moves that, that could still be made. Um, my buddy coached the wideouts there, and that is the sole decision on grabbing another bigger body because. Those other two big bodies are hurt every year. They never. I don't think they've all played together. With no. Them. Yeah, they're not that. They're not that reliable. The other thing, coach. I, I thought the. I thought they got it right on. Uh, Will Le- Levis. He he went where he should. I think he's in a good situation now, coach. He's he's not ready to play immediately. You got to clean up his footwork, as he talked about. I, I think a lot of pressure needs to be put off of him. I felt bad for that guy because right around twenty. You're like, uh oh, he 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 may he may have to book another room here in New York, and New York has expensive small hotel rooms, and he just booked it out. He's like, get the fuck out of here. I thought his agent screwed him. I thought his agent should have pulled him out of there. So, by the way, there's a stat 
Now we have stat dad on everything. They said that they panned in on him 39 times, 29 times more than anyone else. Yeah, and that, uh, unless you know you're number one. I, I, I told this to Whitlock yesterday. The first green room incident of a guy being left was Thurman Thomas in his dorm uh, apartment in uh, Stillwater back in 1980. He actually fell asleep uh, during the draft. And a, a young Andrea Kramer was just waiting to interview him, and he, and he fell to the middle of the second round to the Buffalo Bills. Now, I remember thinking the Rams were going to draft him because we needed a running back. They had just traded Dickerson. Um, the other the other thing that was interesting was the Lions taking Hendon Hooker in the second round. I like that pick, but I want to make this very clear. I think Jared Goff is entrenched there. I, I know he, people can say what they want about Jared Goff. He had a really good year. Him and Ben Johnson, they have a really good mojo going. The man's been to a Super Bowl. Hendon Hooker is in a perfect situation because I don't think there's any pressure on him or an expectation to play to at least year three. So great situation for him. Hey, our, our guy DTR is in Cleveland. I think he went in the fourth round. I like that situation for him. I do. Um, what else happened in the first round that kind of – Hayner, Hayner to saying I thought the Saints had an underrated draft. I like um, Hayner. I think he's going to be the quarterback in 10 years that we're saying is still in the NFL out of this draft. I'm just going to be honest. I told Sean that yesterday. Uh, the Colts, I thought, had a pretty good draft, but they they drafted skill guys. Like, they need O-line, D-line. They grabbed a lot of pretty skill guys, but the NFL don't win with pretty. As you see, the Eagles choked that off uh, late um, because they just got beat up front against a, an O-line from Kansas City that dominated. So we'll see if uh, – the Cincinnati Bengals got better by getting Orlando Brown to help out Burrow. And then in their draft, uh, what do they do? Is mixing going to be available? Let me let me, let me me get Steve Kim to massage some teams together. So take what you know from the draft over the weekend and massage it into what happened pre-draft. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. They got it done. They got Lamar Jackson in there. They get OBJ, who I think is a figment of himself. And they possibly get DeAndre Hopkins. They go get Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers on record saying he doesn't even know what teams are in the conference. That's the investment in these kids nowadays. But what do you think about Baltimore getting that done prior and then where their draft is? Um, how do you think that all worked out? Is it the best for that organization? Well, look, they, they, I think they're under pressure. If they didn't re-sign Lamar Jackson, that was going to be an issue with, with, with that community and, and the whole city. He is their iconic player. He's their most popular, beloved player post-Ray Lewis at Reed. Hard to find quarterbacks. And then they also had to surround him with some talent. You're right. OBJ has not had a really a great statistical year in at least four or five. Uh, Zay Flowers. It is. No, it's Jordan Addison they got, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. It was Addison. Oh, no. Zay Flowers went to Baltimore. Okay, Ozea. He doesn't even know who's, he doesn't know who's divisional opponents, but he's going to be there. Um Look, they needed to surround him, and I know they, they invested in Rashad Bateman a couple of years ago. The running backs are probably going to be healthy now, finally, which was not the case the last year or so. Look, there's pressure now. Now they have a new coordinator, and you said this. The guy they had before probably fit Lamar, but since Lamar couldn't get over the hump, he became a scapegoat. So now we're going to see Todd Munkin is really on the spot. You've got a former MVP. You've got some new weapons, and now you're going to ask, him to do things that aren't necessarily his strength. I didn't understand the, the heat that Ben Roethlisberger took. You know, when he said that, you know, him being a pocket passer is not his strength. Guess what? It's not. I, I know. No it's shit. It's not. I don't get it. Uh, 
help you out a little bit. They took the Trenton Simpson linebacker kid out of Clemson. Clemson. Kid. They got an edge rusher kid out of Ole Miss, Tavius Robinson. I like him. But they got the O-tackle from Oregon, the Uso, and they got Voorhees, the guard at SC, who can play center guard. I thought Baltimore did pretty well. They got better up front. So I'm not I'm not too uh, worried. Now let me go to Buffalo. So didn't draft a running back. Yesterday they signed Latavius. Um, I can't believe he's still in the league, Murray. I, I don't get it. M- Murray is not the splash the Buffalo Army or whatever they're called wanted, is it? No, but you know what? Dalton Kincaid, that's who they got, right? The tight end out of Utah. I really like him. First, yeah. That is a guy that could really do a lot. Look, Dalton Knox is solid. Dalton Kincaid can be better than that. And I, I wonder if Dorsey's going to run some two tight end sets. One thing, you know, it's funny. Uh, and you talk, I've said this in life and in sports. The standards you set for somebody is what you really think of them. I saw Josh Allen's numbers. He still had over 35 touchdown passes. And I thought he regressed. So, again, that's the standards you set for elite quarterbacks. But one thing he's got to do, in my view, Ken Dorsey, when the running game is working, stick with it. I thought he abandoned it too much. Other thing, Josh Allen's got to take the eight-yard check down. He just forces too many passes downfield where I'm thinking, Josh, death by a thousand cuts. He needs to be a little bit more patient this year. I think your first statement is, is more truthful because this is the thing. He don't check it down because they don't run the football. So guess what? When you don't run the football and you're chunking it all over the park all day long, you are playing hero ball now with your arm and your your ad lib ability. If they would have ran the football with Singletary, more, more, more like Brian Dable did, they would have been better. You saw a real drop from when Brian Dable went over to the Giants. You saw the rise of Daniel Jones and the demise of Josh Allen. But Dalton Kincaid I like. I'm just saying he's the best tight end, I thought, in what is a really strong tight end draft. I agree. Um, here's a – I want to massage this. I got you for a few minutes. Um, underrated draft, and then I'm going to get mm. to the Jets. Yeah. Uh, underrated draft. People aren't talking about it. I really like the Carolina Panthers, what they did. We uh, we know they got Bryce, but Jonathan Mingo, a big Julio Jones, yeah. A.J. Brown's type of receiver out of Ole Miss, D.J. Johnson, the edge rusher out of Oregon, Savala is a very, very good offensive guard, plays center guard at NC State. I've watched him a lot. And they got a really good safety out of Florida State, Jamie Robinson. I think Carolina got better as a team. Um, I don't believe Robinson. The, the Robinson out of Florida State was a good value. I know they got him relatively late. Um, look, Bryce Young's a little bit small. I, I wonder what a timetable is for him to be a, a starter. Um I will say one thing about DJ Johnson. He was a guy that was originally recruited from the Sacramento area to Miami. He was part of one of Mark Rick's classes, transferred after one year, kind of floated around positions. He actually played tight end two years ago. Coach, the one thing I worry about him, for all his elite-level athleticism, they don't always show up, to be honest with you. I was stunned when I'm watching the draft, and it said DJ Johnson. I said, wait a minute, our former DJ Johnson – and you look at his numbers, and you kind of read the scouting report. He flashes athletically. He teases you. I don't know if he's consistent enough. I thought that was a bit of a reach. That's going to be a guy that you have to coach up and say, look, you can either be a 10-year guy in this league, or you can be a guy that probably doesn't make it out of his rookie contract. Chicago Bears had 10 picks. Um, 
I like what they did up front. They got better. They drafted two D tackles, two O linemen. They actually got three D tackles. Um, they got Tyler Scott, who's an underrated wideout, who's a burster out of Cincinnati. They got the Rashawn Johnson kid that was Bijan's backup out of oh. Texas. And they got one of your kids, Tyreek Stevenson, corner at Miami. Um, do you like Chicago? Did they get better? Did they help? Did they get enough help for Justin Fields? That, that, that was the that was the goal. They Even, know line play first. Look, they do. And they also, look, that, that Chase Claypool, they gave up a lot for him. And they didn't get a lot back in terms of numbers. Now, and, and, more and yeah, more. I, I kind of look at this going, you know, who's his number one guy? When you look at that Bears roster, they have a bunch of threes and fours outside at receivers. They don't have a legitimate one or two. They really don't, in my view. Uh, Mooney, little Mooney, he's a pretty good little player. But because I'm a small guy, look, first of all, you got to keep Justin Fields upright. So if that's the goal, you know, we'll see. We shall see. As for Tyreek Stevenson, pretty good player. I, I don't know if he's really a starting-level cornerback. He tested well, but quite frankly. They took him in the round two and yeah. traded from Jacksonville in a trade for him. How about this pick? Cincinnati Bengals took DJ Ivory in the <laughs> that, stunned That stunned a lot of Miami fans. Look, DJ is what we call Green Tree All-American. He's great on the practice field. Uh, you're going to have to let him play press coverage and get his hands out and be physical because he doesn't really – have I would say quick feet does not have the ability to turn and go. Um, he's one of these guys that tantalizes you because coming off the bus, he looks like Antrell Roll. Uh, never really played. I would be I for him to have a career. In my view, he's probably going to first make a practice squad, and then you're going to have to be really, really patient with him. But I think he has to be a jam press type of corner. Um. The Packers took 10 wideouts. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. After, you know, and look, and last year they actually did pretty well because we like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. It looks like they're going to have good careers. The, the knock on the Packers was with Aaron Rodgers, they would never get him any help. Now I'm watching the draft and going, oh, okay, they're really loading this up here for Jordan one love. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought you know. the Packers taking Sean Clifford, uh, Penn State kid. I, <laughs> I've seen Sean Clifford in person. I was stunned he was drafted. He's bad. he's bad in person. I'm going to tell you, and he's older kid, too. Um, I, he went the same round as DTR. I, I'm, I'm fighting that one. All right, let's get to Houston real quick. Obviously, Sean and I both agree. If they don't make the splash move with Arizona at three, we believe they take Will Anderson at two, and C.J. Stroud's not a Texan today. Um, do you agree to that or not? I, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of credence to that. That Look, they probably feel decent that Davis Mills, at the very least, can be a serviceable bridge quarterback, right? But they have to energize the fan base. They have a new coach. They got to give him a shot to actually do something. So what do you need in, in modern-day football? You need a quarterback, and you need a guy that can get the quarterback. So they kind of set, set right up um, D'Amico Ryan's to at least feel good about what they are doing. But that team is so far away. And I, I just feel it's interesting. When, you, when I look at the Cardinals trading out of the three, that's their way of saying, you know, we're so far away from doing anything. We might as well stockpile this thing. I said it on Twitter on Thursday night. The true rebuilding for Arizona 
is when they get Mr. Game Boy Sega Genesis Atari 2600 out of there. Until they get rid of Kyler Murray, I don't think that's a serious franchise. I do not believe you can win long-term with him. Neither. I agree. Uh, my kid got drafted by Houston from Houston. Tank Dell played for me at Indy. Love uh, Tank Dell. Yeah, Tank Dell's an absolute sprinter. South yeah, Florida guy. Yeah, he can go. Um, big, Good kid, too. Uh, the Colts, real quick, and then I want to get to the Jets before you get out of here. Um, the Colts had a good – I thought had a good draft. They got the kid, the corner out of K-State, who I really like, uh, Julius Brent. They took AR, whatever. Wait, uh, you like their draft given the fact they may have reached on a – this is the ultimate boomer bust with AR-15. I don't really. like that. But overall, they had a lot of picks, and I thought they did a pretty damn good job with the picks they got. Um, they got O-line help. They got 3-0 tackles. The kid out of BYU is really good. Um I don't know who the Northern Michigan kid is. I haven't got to see him, but the Asim Richard kids out of North Carolina is a really good, a big old freak. I like Will Mallory, don't you? No? <laughs> Will Mallory could not block his own shadow. He's the worst inline blocker. And look, if you're going to make Will Mallory effective, you better flex him out. But if you think he's going to go on the inline right next to your tackle and set the edge in that running game offensively, He's the worst blocker I've ever seen. He's like a pylon. But and that's I, what college coaches are doing. They're setting these kids up now because they know the NFL now is RPO. We're going to flex you out. I agree. Look, he's a good receiver. He can run. Long strider. But if you're going to ask him to do traditional tight end things, which I hope they're not for his sake, he has no shot. Now, if you're going to, again, if he's going to be a move tight end, a queen on the chessboard, he has some mismatch capabilities and he's a good receiver but i i wouldn't call him the most complete miami tight end ever he's no david and joku he he's no bubba franks he's no jeremy shockey look again the less blocking the better with will mallory yeah um i agree i'm just saying overall i, I like josh downs a lot um, i like Downs. now there was a really productive guy you can work him in the slot size is an issue but this draft, Coach, it'll be defined by Anthony Richardson, first yeah, and foremost. Uh, they, Daniel Scott kid, the safety at Cal, really good. Um, they got some guys. All right, now, all right, the Jets, before you get out of here. Uh, I know you're going to go do some cardio. Here's the no, I got some time. I'm good today. I'm good. All right, the, Jets, the Jets, take they get Aaron Rodgers' deal. We said it on this show, and I know I've said it on Whitlock. I've said it with Matt. I've said it with you. Aaron Rodgers goes – then Lamar Jackson goes, and that's the pecking order. That's how it will go, and it'll happen before the draft. That's what happened. Yeah. The Rodgers signed, right, and then it goes down the pecking order, and it allowed those franchises to do what they had to do. Um, the Jets, uh, obviously, I thought they, they – I think they got a tight end. They got an they edge rusher. They got a guy that can bend off the edge. Look, if you're going to – look, they, they, they expect to score some points. So with that, if you're going to play from ahead – you better have guys that can close out games defensively and rush the passer. I like what they did. Look, they got a late right, a late round running back from Pitt. That guy's a good straight line burst runner. That guy's got good top end speed. I saw a lot of him the last couple of years. That's a good value to match Let him with Brees Hall. Fuck uh, hurt knee, you know what I mean? And maybe yeah, carries so, off. So look, the Jets they expect to win double digit games with the most terrific quarterback play. In recent memory, they won seven. They were actually playing meaningful games into December last year. So 
That's going to be interesting. I, I, the, the, the guy they got at number 15, McDonald is his name from Iowa State. He's a guy that you are going to play um, probably 25 snaps a game. In other words, it's like, hey, close something out. Close it out and, you know, close it out and win a game when we need a sack or two. That's going to be the role. He's not. I don't think he's ready to play 50 to 75 snaps at the National Football League level. Um, by the way, what do you think of the Falcons taking a running back? And I know Bijan Robinson might be the best overall player in the draft. Uh, their running game was good last year with Algieri. Algieri, kids from out here. Yeah, uh, I went to BYU. I thought that was interesting. You know what the thing is? The Eagles taking Swift, though, in a trade tells you they were going to draft Bijan. Yeah, it does. Uh, it does. I got a boxing question for you. Joe Accord yeah. uh, dropped some money for it right here. Uh, in 1996, he saw Var- Fernando Vargas fight at the Naval Base. Steve, what happened to him after the Olympics? No, he had a great career. It was very short-lived. Uh, I mean, he got moved quickly. and became the youngest junior middleweight champion ever after beating Yori Boy Campos. And he wanted big fights. And so he took on Ike Corte early took on Raul Marquez, and then he had that burglary charge, which was not, it's a little bit different. It was not like he was trying to steal something, but he had legal charges pending. So they matched him real quickly with Felix Trinidad. And so get this, at age 20 to 21, he fought Ike Corte, Winky Wright, and Felix Trinidad in a one-year stretch. And he was never the same after the Trinidad fight. I know Fernando very well, and his sons are fighting now. And he told me last year, he said, Steve, I want to tell you right now, the way I handled my career, I would never let my sons do that because I understand now I should have listened to the adults. But Fernando had a really short, colorful career that will be very, very fondly remembered, and he's doing well. And uh, his youngest son, Emiliano Vargas, look out for him, Coach. I think he's a really good prospect. Really? Uh, yes. Alex Garcia uh, fired his uh, trainer. You you mentioned it on Twitter, I saw. Uh, what's up with that? Ryan Garcia is scapegoating. He, he's scapegoating. And I didn't like what was going on, and I wrote about it. And, look, this is part of – I love Joe Goosen. He's one of my favorite guys. taught me a lot. I go to his gym once or twice a week to work out. But when Joe capitulated by saying, okay, just come to my gym to spar three days a week, and the rest of the time, I'll go to your house and do whatever you want. Coach, and, and I know it's a different sport, but could you imagine Tom Brady during his Patriot days going to Bill Belichick? Hey, Coach, uh, the days were not scrimmaging. Let me just toss around the nerf in my backyard. And you know what Belichick would say? Uh, yeah, I'm more of a no on to Cincinnati. And, uh, um, yeah, oh, hey, asshole, you're coming over here, okay? Not that bullshit. I mean, honestly, we do this all the time in boxing, and the problem is, Coach, is that the fighters pay the boxers. So it's a different dynamic. And so the coaches have their balls cut off because they do not have that autonomy or the power or the authority because now they have to capitulate to the fighter. And I, I when I look at Ryan Garcia, we are so mesmerized by his speed and his quickness that we actually look at his technique and it's terrible. I mean, there's an old saying from John Wooden, be quick, but don't be in a hurry. I watch that. Hurry. That's a quarterback term I use. Right, and he looks like he is so jittery. And I, like I said, he looks like that college student that took three jolt colas at midnight. Um, all of his movements are rushed. His technique's not all that good. 
And he does all this stuff on TikTok that is not applicable to real fights, but it goes viral. I've been there when Joe Goosen does his drill days, which is heavy bag, shadow boxing, the slip bag, the double end bag. And all those drills are very grinding. They're hard. They take a long time, but they make you a better fighter because they set your foundational, uh, uh, fundamental foundation. And Joe got paid very well, but he understood what he got into. Let me ask you, you just mentioned that's crazy how if you're not, if you're sparring, I'm going to stay home and play with the Nerf ball. Have you seen this? Draymond Green asked the Warriors for permission to miss some of the road trips. Oh, God. Ron James break the scoring record. And I mean, Kerr said, said, fuck no. Good. I'm glad Kerr finally showed some. I know. Throwed him. God. I'm so I'm actually surprised that Kerr didn't allow it because, you know, all they do is capitulate nowadays. I, I just don't. Look, are you a player or a groupie? I mean, give me. And here's the thing. You were never a teammate of LeBron. You weren't. I, I get it. If you play 20 years with a guy and you're finishing out your career at the end of the bench and you're playing the Udonis Haslam role and your teammate is about to break, I kind, I'd be like, you know what? Go ahead. You're not playing anyway. You haven't played in a month. Bro, come on. Be a doggone pro. Honestly. I, I got to get your take on this. Roger Goodell has acknowledged that there may not be an extension, uh, meaning this year's draft may be his last. Um, you believe the fluff, or that's just a raise? I don't know. It's a good gig. If I'm Roger Goodell, if I'm getting paid $50 million, I would never try to leave that job. I would try to squat in my office and say, bring me out of here. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> you know, it's just like he gets so much heat, but I'm like, you know, he's doing the job he's supposed to. Coach, I will say this. Do you agree with Whitlock that the NFL draft is becoming – too much of a television show. It's almost becoming unwatchable. Well, Aaron Rodgers has said it. Matt McChesney, myself, Sean Salisbury, Eric Weddle, who was on the show the other day. We hate the hugging of the player by the commissioner. Yeah, I mean, look, I liked it. I was in this guy in two years. <laughs> I, I like the. I, I used to like it when it was a little bit more simpler. You get the top three or four picks. They'd invite six, seven families. You'd get the jersey thing. All the family would come up, and you get back to football. Now it's become this big fashion show. They show the kid coming out of the uh, green room. They have to sign in for something, and you're like, oh, good grief. you know. Um, but I, I was telling this to Jason yesterday, but I remember when the draft was on a Thursday morning or a Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock, I could watch the first three drafts, and then you had uh, first three draft choices. And then you had to get to school. And then the local news would only list who the Rams or Raiders were picking. And you had to get the USA Today. And I would pour over every pick like, oh, wow, this guy went 89th. Huh. Yeah. This guy yeah. went. I'd look for all the Miami and UCLA players. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you'd have to. But this is long before the internet. So, and then to get the aggregate of the teams, you had to get the magazines to see who all them. I mean, it's such a different thing now. Um, I Look, it goes to show you the popularity of football that a an activity that is used to draft players and we don't know any of these guys are going to be really good is now this highly rated television show i think what is funny is by the time you get into the second round unless you're like mel kuyper or todd mcshay or you and sean we don't know who mo but i love these fans with the 189th pick the, the las vegas raiders select some guy at a uh, out of DeVry. 
yeah, the cheering. I'm like, okay, be honest, bro. Do you, do you, without Googling, do you know who that – because even, there's even Todd. I'm like, oh, I guess that's good. Is that, it? Is that any good? But these people are acting like they won the showcase showdown on Prices Right. It's, it's, here's the nothing. The people that actually go out to the physical draft, whether it's in Kansas City or in Las Vegas last year, to stand out there for four to – you love football more than I do. I could barely watch it on – I watch it on TV. I actually enjoy it. But there's no way you would get me to go out there for five to six hours and just hang out. Steve, I went last year to Vegas to see my kid Jermaine Johnson get drafted in the first year, my 10th first rounder. Guess what I did? I fucking had a drink after, got in my car, and I fucking drove back home. I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to draft to hang out. Coach, I was in Vegas last year, too. It was a fight between Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson. It was that weekend. I was with some high school friends. We were in our hotel suite watching the draft. I had a great time. I didn't think for one second, like, hey, guys, let's, let's go, go down there. Hun- let's go in the 100-degree heat. Uh, let- let's buy $30 beers and cheer for guys. We don't know who the fuck they are at this point. <laughs> and, you know, at this point, with, with Miami being mediocre, I mean, none of our guys are getting drafted till like 18 hours from now. There's, there's really no fun right now. I don't really have an NFL team per se. I, I'm interested in it because I talk a lot of football nowadays. But the NFL draft, I almost think it's gone too much into the whole Hollywood showbiz television show reel. I kind of enjoyed it in the late 80s, Coach. It was such a big deal when it went to a Saturday-Sunday format because now you could see it. Yeah, now, but it was mostly football. They, they, they yeah. kept it pretty simple back then. I liked it. Going to the Raiders draft, I, I got three things. We'll get out of here. The yeah. Raiders draft, um, Aiden O'Connell, QB out of Purdue. I like a lot. Developmental got- guy. Yeah, geez. He was kind of up and down. He, he was, was a little. They got Michael Meyer, uh, Mayer. Great value in the second round. Now, that's a big body, baby Gronk tight end. I was actually surprised he slipped out of the first. And then they got Brian Young as a D lineman at Alabama. I, I was surprised he slipped that far. I, I had him in the second round. Sean and I did. Uh, the Bennett corner out of Maryland, who's a, a pretty good cover guy, uh, which you have to have nowadays because you can't reroute anybody or you'll get flagged. Um, and the Severia kid out of Arizona State, D tackle late in the seventh, I thought was a big pickup. He's Jay pretty- Silvera, another former Hurricane. Um he he's a, he's got one. Here's the problem with him: he's got one move, the bull rush, and someone's got to be able to teach him more than just that. He's got to use his hands better. Um, he's got a good yeah, upfield burst. Running, Steve. The Raiders may go to a fifty or a three four, yeah. and maybe put him in nose now, and that's what you need to take a double team on. Yeah, I mean, look, he. I think he might be a little undersized to play nose. He flashed in Miami. Was never what I would consider a consistent uh, disruptor up front, though. The Rams had a shitload of picks. I don't even know. They had like 14 picks. I don't even want to go into all them. I don't know. Um, but at this MMA, I want to get into the Oh, fight. hold on. One last thing. I couldn't believe Stetson Bennett got drafted that high. You know why? Sean and I broke him down yesterday. You know why? He is literally, figuratively, and literally Matthew Stafford without the quite the arm. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Okay. I, I don't mean talent. I mean... Coach, that's like, that's, that's like me not. saying... Well, I'm Usain Bolt without the speed. No, no, no. I no, mean, no. Yeah, come on. Coach, no, no, he's no. not Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is the epitome of the word arm talent. 
Stetson I, I, Bennett is an overachieving, gritty guy with athleticism. Matt. He'll give you things on the bootleg, waggle action, stuff like that. He'll give you stuff athletically that Stafford never does. But Stafford could hit every quadrant of the field. Be Look, I uh, like Bennett. No but no he was comparison. surrounded by so much talent, Coach. No, there's no comparison. No I comparison. thought he was drafted two, three rounds too early. That's just my no, opinion. No, Hopefully no, proves me wrong. It, is, it fits the system. It fits McVay. It fits okay. what they do, and that's why they took okay. him. And that but that, is again, I'm gonna, one last thing. That's like saying, well, you know, you know, I'm like John Holmes, except my – never mind. You know where I'm going with that. I'm just – just saying. Just saying. Besides yeah. my shit looks like this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah you said I didn't. <laughs> I gotta give a trivia question. We're gonna give away a, we're gonna give away a hoodie. Uh, have you have you heard this right here? What's that? And I was like, hmm. I see his kid. Oh. Then his sister, I think, was holding them, shielding them because they were crying. So I was just like, bang. He's, he's only a kid. I'm like, and the fuck what? If I had a son and he came to the cage after 287 and then started to do that next to period, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Hey, come here. I apologize. I apologize to that man. Guy knocking out in his home country and then you see your kid doing that. You don't have the discipline. So you know the story, the kid fake yes. like. Okay. So when I first saw that, I said, what an ant that guy is. What a, now, when I heard the context, like, you know what? You are a hero. You are I, a hero. I don't know who the guy is. I love him already. You know what? You know what? I hope you do that again. I hope you take a nasty plunge next time. I hope you get an endorsement deal. Because you're right. Because, you know, here's the thing. Especially in combat sports, you can really get people literally killed. I don't want my kids taunting my opponent. Hey, hey kid, I did that. That was me. Okay? Not you. Me. There's no we here. It's me. Shut up. Be respectful. Don't say word. I think it was completely justified. God bless him. You're, you're I, a hero. I love, I love him, too. Um, all right, here we go. We're going to do a, on this day in sports history, the first caller, you get the hoodie if Steve gets the question right. Oh, God. Wrong, you're fucked. All right, uh, here we go. Let's get to it. On this day in sports history, all right, 1999, May 2nd, this Texas Rangers – no, I'm not going to say that way. I got two ways to say this question because that'll give it away to you. You're too damn smart. I would give that. I would I would ask it that way to somebody in the chat. I'm not asking Steve Kim that way. Here we go. We're going to rephrase the question. In 1999, this Texas Rangers first baseman named Rafael Palmero right. recorded what in an 8-6 to six win over the Cleveland Indians? A unassisted triple play. Let me. I, I set you up for failure on that. Uh, he recorded his career hit. What number? Uh, 99. It couldn't be 3,000. I would say 2,000th hit. Correct. Yes. His 2,000th hit, Steve Kim nails it. Yeah, game. because his rookie year was 86 or 87. He was on a monster Mississippi State team, by the way, with uh, Bobby Thigpen and Will Clark. Great team. They didn't. By the way, they didn't win the College World Series either. Hey, by the way, Coach, one one last thing before I, we get out of here. If I, were you? A, did you ever watch Mash growing up? We were a little bit young for Mash. We missed most of. Did you ever watch Mash? Yes, I did. Uh, Just for kicks this weekend, I watched the Mash finale, which, by the way, had 120 million people watching. That is some of the best TV I've ever seen.
Wait, the mass finale original or they remade it? No, no. The original show in 1983, their last episode ever. It was like a national. I was a kid and everyone was having parties. And it is one of the most brilliantly produced shows. That I'm not even really a MASH fan. Most Koreans, for some reason, didn't like the show for various reasons. But that show, I was like, wow. It was incredibly poignant. And I started doing some research. Did you know the theme song? For Mash, that iconic song, you know they have. They have I gotta send you the song. The song is called "Suicide Is Painless," and I'm thinking, "Jeez, that is dark, man." And then you listen to the song; it's, it's a pretty catchy tune, even though they're talking about suicide. It's pretty live, ironically. Hey, Joe Accord is our weatherman in Oklahoma. He won the two. Hey, Joe, you are welcome. This is what I do. Hey, this man, is what I do. Real quick. <laughs> Anno Vargas question, Steve. I uh, I really appreciate the answer. So, um, yeah, I saw him. He was boxing on the base in Oxnard, and I didn't know who he was. It's the only boxing match I ever went to in my life. He destroyed the guy in, like, 14 seconds. Yeah. You know, Joe, uh, Fernando Vargas was a prodigy. He broke a lot of amateur records for the USA boxing in terms of winning national titles, being on the national team. He was a prodigy, and, and everyone thought he was going to be the bad boy version of Oscar De La Hoya, and back then they hated each other. It was like death row and bad boy. The problem is, Fernando was so fiery, and he was so precocious, it actually hurt his overall career. And if he just would have waited a year or two to mature and to calm down a little bit, I think he could have beat Felix Trinidad. I was at that fight. He already got his head knocked up knocked off in the first two minutes, battled back, but then it got kind of really beat up late. And it really goes to show you, at times, you have to let the adults be in charge. Yeah, he did well in the Atlanta Olympics, too. So. Yeah, that was a good team. We had Antonio Tarboros on that team who beat Roy Jones. David Reed won our only gold medal. He ended up winning a world title. Terrence Cawthon was on that team. 96 was about the last year that NBC actually gave a damn about Olympic boxing. No doubt. Nice. Joe, email me your uh, address, Joe. We'll send you a hoodie. Appreciate you. Sweet. I might have to wear it next month if it gets hot. <laughs> anyway, Steve, thank you very much for that. I just want to – I didn't know if I was going to win anything, but, hey, I'll take a hoodie. But this is what you. I do. Thanks, That's, Steve. Just call uh, me Stimulus Kim. This is what I do. This is what I do, <laughs> God damn it. This hey, what- tonight – Hey, Battle of Golden State. We're battling the Golden State, uh, the, 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 the California, California A, Golden State Lakers. Oh, by the way, Whitlock brought this up. So if the winner of this series, and let's say they go on to win the title, are they the player of this generation, LeBron or Steph? Well, I know you're still going to say Kobe. So I, I, I know where this is going. But, okay, so outside of Kobe. So outside of Kobe. <laughs> I, I think Kobe's out of this generation now. Um, okay. I do, I do believe in this. This is Steph's era. If he wins, he's it's his era. No, You know what's but, amazing? Remember everyone thought when Durant left, okay, Steph's done. Like, it's the descent. It's over. Think about the perception now, two, three years later, that Steph Curry won before Durant, with Durant, and he might, and he's already won without Durant. He might win again. I think we have got to stop this Steph Curry slander. No, I don't think he's a better point guard than Magic. No, no one will be better than Michael Jeffrey Jordan. But I'm just telling you, this guy better be in your top 10. I actually see NBA lists without Steph in the top 10. It boggles the mind. The most 
the, the two most underrated players right now in NBA history, I think, are Kim Olajuwon, and right now, if he wins it again, has to be Steph Curry. Really? I think people ride Steph Curry's nuts. Not enough. Really? <laughs> Everyone thinks he's this soft shooter, product of the system, and they try to take away credit. When Durant came, you got to give him credit. He's in that. He's he's in that rarefied air. I still but, think he has a title without. Okay, Drake. here's a question I asked Jason. Then, who would you rather take if you had to start a franchise? All things being equal, LeBron or Steph? Right now, or just in in, in their primes, in their respective primes. Uh, I take Steph because he can shoot and make free oh throws. I took LeBron size. Yeah, but size LeBron, LeBron is bigger. He can just, anyway. Wait a minute. He's the all-time leading scorer, too. But we give him a little – I get it. He's stat padded. Come on. We, we are in a three-point shooting league, though, now. We are, but LeBron James – you know what? It's a tough one, but LeBron's size, playmaking ability, and he's still the all-time leading scorer. To be all to be fair on this, because I'm I'm hard on LeBron, and I think that uh, I think it's I I don't know I think he's hype. But anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Let me be honest with you. Steph Curry, I don't believe I've seen him get locked down by Kobe. I don't believe he would have got through a Scottie Pippen every night, a Ray Allen every night, a Kobe Bryant every night if he would have played back. Well, either. look, I'm with you in that era. In that era where Magic and Bird and, and, and Jordan played, when you came across the middle, you were taking your life into your own hands. Floaters against those guys, and he wasn't going to have a free 35-foot three-point shot. So I, I want to be fair, asshole, if I'm going to be an asshole. I don't believe Curry is that guy like Well, that. look, the ability to hand check like you could all the way up until, what, uh, mid-'90s, just putting a hand, if you're a strong-willed guy and you put a hand on a guy's hip, you could guide a guy. So the hand-checking is another issue. Uh, yes, that. exactly. And, I, yeah. and now we can't even hand-check a wide receiver in NFL. So right. like, it's, it's bad, man. It's bad. I don't know. There's a lot of things out there that I that I kind of uh, – these players to me just irritate me because this, this irritates me. He went to my high school, Steve. He yeah. went to fucking uh. high school, man. I mean, you know, if you would have at least, like, worn that backwards and been, like, crisscross, I would have got it. But David Stern is rolling over. David, if you're, if you're listening to me up there, can you bring back the dress code? My God, this is ridiculous. Go to hey. CNR. Go to Three Suits for $99. You, you, come on, look presentable, fellas. Hey, you fellas. know he's wearing heels, right? I didn't know it, but it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't. Hey, uh, as you get out of here, I, I was going on my interview tangent with this high school athletic director. Somebody sent me. I saw I was listening to that. <laughs> what do you think about we do not cuss on the field? Can you handle that, or do you think cussing is You necessary? know what? I, I would have said, no, we can't. What are you talking about? We're doing football. Yeah, uh, asshole. Sorry about that. Uh, I mean, uh, Oh man! Um, <laughs> exactly. If you're if you're face to face with a guy who's real, okay, um, coach. So number six, um, we we try to really watch our language here. Do you believe in cursing or not? Can you not do out of the no? And just just walked out. Exactly. So right. Hey, by the way, they're like gays. they've won like four games in four years or some shit. Like, why don't you try cussing now? Yeah, exactly. What what what's working is not here. It is not. In fact, you know what? You know, I would say, you know what, for gazing, I should be interviewing you. 
Okay, I'm actually interviewing the school if you're worth my time. God, give me a damn break, Jesus. Hey, what terrible. do you think about Duffy? What's going on there? Oh, what? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got shit. How about this one? Have you heard this one? I, I love to t mess with you when you leave. Wow. I mean, who? Is Wait, so who made it? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing, Steve? Why are we headed down this rabbit hole of failure? Yeah. And then I think yesterday, was that from the Met Gala? What what a demonic ball that is. Good Lord. Yeah, what is that? I mean, good Lord. This this is a sick world we live in. Uh, that celebrity culture that everyone worships. I think we need to be very careful with that on uh -huh. a very serious level. But but the NBA players, to see the way Jordan dressed and Pippen in that era, I mean, can we bring back the big, oversized, double-breasted suit? And that's I class. No I'll get it. I Let mean, me ask you, did you beat this guy swimming? I, I don't think Mark Spitz can beat that guy swimming. Of course, Mark Spitz is 80 years old. But I'm just saying, that guy looks like a doggone dolphin next to the ladies. I mean, he looks like Flipper. A muscular Flipper. Look at his foot hanging off the side, Steve. His foot is hanging off the fucking side like this. I mean, not only can he beat most women, I mean, he could probably post up uh, Brittany Griner, too, if he wanted to. Just have the ball right in the post, you know, just, you know. Oh, uh, man, I don't know what happened yeah, to me, geez. but anyway. Um, we got to hook up again. Eric All right, Weddle, Coach. Eric Weddle loves the show. He watches the show every day. He's watching it. Eric Weddle should get Hall of Fame votes. All right. We talked about that. He's going to come out and play poker. We got to have a weekend soon, man. And, and, yeah, uh, let me know. And we'll, maybe the NBA Finals, I can get you to come watch it. Uh, I'll, I'll turn on your YouTube channel, watch some Ray Lewis highlights. I always like I always like watching greatness, Ray Lewis. God, what a stiff linebacker! So, some some Edger and James, some some Willis McGahee, some Michael that, Irvin. I was like, God, he looks worse and worse as age goes by. Would you shut up! Would you shut? This is so disrespectful. I'm cuss you out. See, <laughs> would you hey, coach hey, out? Would you curse out, you. coach? As he slanders Ray Lewis. Fuck that! What are we talking about? Hey, yeah. London Fletcher, baby. <laughs> Greatest of all time. Number two, Keith Bullock. Keith Bullock is number hey, two. Keith Bullock was great during his same era. He was. He was a good player. All right, Coach. We'll talk. Right, appreciate you. All right, brother. Later. Oh, man. Steve Kim, everybody. Uh, clap it up. Pound the like button, man, before we get out of here. I appreciate you on this Talk That Talk Tuesday. Tomorrow, Matt will be back. Uh, we'll get into uh, Chase Sr. will be joining us, talk some NFL, uh, exclusive draft talk. He'll break down these particular teams in totality. And uh, so if you're an Eagles or a 49ers fan, don't miss it. And uh, I'll be doing a chalk talk session today for all the coaches on Patreon. So make sure you head on over there. And I will be having a daily rant today and tomorrow. So make sure you watch that later on today, this afternoon. Appreciate you guys all. Hit the like button. Subscribe today. Become a member if you're not. Put your bell notification on. Head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you some merch. And uh, if you're not a member of our Patreon, become one. The best $19.99 you can spend. Um, the Chalk Talk will be here today shortly. I'll be doing that and putting it out there. And then my daily rant will be here at 10 a.m. this morning. I'll post that up. And... Uh, what should my daily rant be about today? Steph Curry's being called the GOAT by 
Stephen A. Smith or Troy Aikman versus Patrick Mahomes rant? I don't know. Either way, it'll be entertaining. Appreciate all you guys, man. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member today. Pound that like for me on the way out the door. Joe, congrats to Joe Cord, weatherman, the friendly weatherman for winning a hoodie. And uh, we'll be giving giveaways away uh, every day. Appreciate you guys, man. Much love. And uh, I'll see you later on. Peace.